長官、ユーナイツエンパイア。今日は試合があった。そして彼がエンパイアの応援してくれるんですよ。みんな、ブロッキンテーブルポッドキャストよろしく。What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Broken Tables Podcast. I am your host, Jeffrey Vegas, here as always with our Broken Predictions champion, Rome. How are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing fantastic, Jeff. Rome doing excellent in his uh, beautiful, beautiful game room there. My God, that's a lot of games. Well, see, here's, so here's the thing, right? So we were talking in the Discord about like, the cover for the game and stuff. And Jeff was just having some really dog shit gaming takes. And, and really, honestly, most of Jeff's gaming takes in the entire time I've known him have been kind of not not great. So I decided, you know what? Thank you, Big T. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm going to do it from the game room tonight. Yeah, thanks, Juan. Yeah, absolutely. Looks a... great, man. Looks great. We might have to mess with the lighting a little bit there. It's bouncing off that belt like... Uh... Like the sun bouncing off of uh, my windshield when I'm driving. <laughs> well, it's the most prestigious title, uh, you know, in the Broken Tables universe. Yeah, it, it is, it is excellent. Um, I promised you all a surprise here for um, Wednesday, you know, and considering I've been on a pretty big uh, losing streak, you know, and uh, the high rollers haven't been doing very well in any of our Broken Predictions championship runs, so. You know, I had to come up okay. with something. You know, I had to come up with something. So, Rome, uh, what did yeah. we come up with here? So, are we referring to uh, our wonderful coach? Yes, we are, Coach. Uh, you better still be here, by the way. We got a, something special going on for you right now under construction. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to show it until I know that for a fact the coach is still here, because I know he's on that West Coast life. Yeah, he did oh. say have a good stream, fellas. I'm hoping he didn't uh, leave and go to start watching uh, Dynamite, maybe. But if he did, then we're going to hold off on the surprise because it has to do with the coach. All right. So until we confirm he is still here in chat, we will hold off for a moment. Welcome to everybody in chat. Uh, thank you, guys. Big T, Juan, Miyaja. Welcome, everybody. Uh, I think we even had uh, Joseph Juhas in here as well. Welcome, sir. Um, thank you all for joining us over here on YouTube tonight for our AEW Dynamite review. And wow, what a freaking awesome episode of uh, Dynamite this was, man. Um, this was our first night with Madison Rain as the head coach of the women's division, if you guys were not aware of that. Uh, Madison yeah. Rain from Impact Wrestling has been hired as the coach of the women's division. Uh, this was officially her first night um, as the coach. And... I don't want to say it was obvious, but that freaking women's tag match tonight with Dr. Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter versus Thunderstorm, dude, that match was absolute fire. So I was I was loving every minute of that match. Yeah. Uh, well, so you talked about Mass and Ray getting add-on. Do you want me to go over? I was going to go over this towards the end of the show, but do you want me to go over the promotions that happened in the company today? Yes, actually. Please do. All right. So we got a press release here from AEW this morning. Um... Basically, <laughs> one, in, one in the Discord right now trying to get the coach in here. Yeah. Um, so basically, AEW announced some promotions today on their corporate structure, more so the talent relations structure. Uh, I'm just going to go through and read uh, who got 
promoted and whatnot. This is the official uh, press release from AEW. AEW CEO and GM and head of creative Tony Khan announced, has announced an expansion to AEW's talent relations team with the promotions of key staff members including Sanjay Dutt, QT Marshall, Pat Buck, and Tony Schiavone. In addition, Madison Ray will join AEW as a coach in the women's division. Uh, you know, goes on to talk about the meteoric rise of AEW and how there's a need for, you know, expansion a little bit. Uh, talks about Sanjay Dutt. Sanjay Dutt's been promoted to vice president of production and creative coordination. In his role, he will coordinate communication of AEW storylines, liaise between post-production and key staff to maintain content workflow, produce ancillary content, and mentor new producers. Uh, Dutt nice. joined AEW in 2021. Uh, I'm not going to read the whole kind of afterwards part because it kind of goes into what he's currently doing like on screen and whatnot. Um, QT Marshall has also been promoted. He's been promoted to vice president of show and creative coordination. He will help manage show elements, including planning programs and storylines, character development, overseeing extras, and live event logistics coordination. Um, so basically, he's going to be kind of really helping with the communication. At least that's the way I read this on Tony Khan's, you know, part. It's been a big issue from some, you know, I feel like the number one issue that people have working with Tony Khan was that sometimes communication may not have been his best, uh, his biggest strength. And I feel like a lot yeah. of these moves here today are to address that. And I think that that's, that's an amazing thing. It's, the, you know, it's not that there was a problem. It's how you can fix it that matters. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I agree with that. And even Joey Janela actually came out and said it wasn't Tony Khan specifically that wasn't uh, communicating. It was kind of in general the whole HR team and those guys. You know what I mean? So, But right. still, it is good to see. Uh, yeah, moving on, Pat Buck has been promoted to Vice President of Talent Development. In this position, he will liaise with talent and production, oversee all coaches, provide input on matches and promos, and lead the talent relations team. Tony Schiavone has been promoted to Senior Producer and Special Advisor to Talent. In this capacity, he will work directly with talent as part of the talent relations team. Uh, and then, as you mentioned, Madison Rain, I'm sorry, Madison Rain, will join AEW as a coach in the women's division and kicked off her new role tonight in her hometown of Columbus, Ohio. Nice. All right. So, uh, you know, while we wait for uh, the coach to uh, jump back in, um, we'll start off with our Dynamite here tonight. Uh, started off with Orange Cassidy versus Jay Lethal. And I totally forgot this match was going to happen, man, but this was a banger right here. And so, you know what's funny? I'm pretty sure you're about to say this, but... I think Orange Cassidy is the only guy with 20 breakout matches. You know what I mean? Everybody forgets after every match, they forget how good he is. And then they're like, oh my God, that was amazing. It's a breakout match. And it's like, he does yeah, it every time. It's almost, it's almost like somebody shared that in the Discord tagging you saying, Jeff, this is totally you. <laughs> really? I, yeah. I, I tagged you. So Orange Cassidy said in an interview, he's like, yeah, I feel like I'm the only guy who's had 16 breakout matches. People always seem to forget that I'm, you know, pretty good. And, you know, this is the movement. This is, this is, I'm going to die on this hill. Jeff, it is time for you to stop disrespecting Orange Cassidy. I don't think stop. that I disrespect him. The only thing I say is I don't think he should ever be world champion. That's all. You're going to kill me. I know it. It's fine. 
we just are gonna have to agree to disagree here. I, I, I wouldn't be like horrified if he was. I would just be like, all right, this better be a quick one. That's all, you know. <laughs> Look, Orange Cassidy, they open the show with him almost every week since he's returned. The guy's extremely over. He's really good. You know, he's extremely over. He, he opens the show, which you know they do that because he's a draw. Like, yeah. You, like you're, they're opening every single do every show that he wrestled on. He's opening the show. And Big T, he he is wrong. Because no. at the end of the day, even I think I'm sort of wrong, but you know. The, see the problem, Jeff. I don't. Is this a glasses moment? This is a glasses. The problem, Jeff, is that you, you're kind of like, like you're like one of those old carnies, right? We're like, oh, this is what wrestling's supposed to be. <laughs> At the end of the day, Orange Cassidy, number one, moves merch. Number two, True. is over with the crowd. Doesn't matter what age you are. Doesn't matter where they go. He's generally over, extremely over. He puts out top quality matches. Like he's got a character that you know is memorable. Like, like, you tell me what makes a champion a champion, and tell no, Big T, you don't you don't have to apologize for Jeff because I know Jeff feels this way and he's just wrong. Um, I, I think that it is an extremely, and, and I don't want to make fun of you and call you a carny piece of shit, but it is an extremely old-fashioned stance to look at someone like Orange Cassidy and say like that guy should never be a world champion. And know. you know there are a lot of people who have who have that mindset and that's fine it, it's completely okay if he's not your cup of tea he's not what you see as championship material me he he checks every box is he over yes merch yes great matches yes like you name it he does it and you know good character yes so it like and he's funny and he's entertaining orange cassie is consistently one of the most entertaining parts of aew on a weekly basis like just hands down it's just and he could go too like we saw it in this match tonight you know it's super fast paced and, and he was he had a great match with Jay Lethal yeah absolutely that match was killer um you know I think this was the first time that Cassidy's music the new music has hit and I immediately recognized the new Orange Cassidy music and I was like okay I love this I, I actually really like it now um I think the only reason I didn't like it before was because it wasn't recognizable to me as his music. But now that my brain puts the two to two together, I, <laughs> I, I love it. It fits in perfectly. It does. Thank you for your, you're two months late to the party, but I mean, I guess well, you got there eventually. That's I do happens. hope though, that the best friends keep the other music, the cage, the oh, elephant yeah. or whoever that is. It sounds like, um, it's not, it's not no, them. I, I've just, I don't know why that popped into my brain, but. I think it's just a Mikey Ruckus track. But Is it a Mikey Ruckus track? Cool. Okay. I do hope that yeah. the best friends keep that, though, and they don't keep using the same music for everybody. Yeah, and also, Big big T, like, yeah, don't worry about it. Man. This is not a... The King's Court is, is a family, you know? We're we're a unit, and it's okay if we don't, just, if we don't agree. You know? Yeah. It's, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, But, no Jeff, you, on the other hand, it's it, it's a it's a serious offense. It is, it's really bad, and I'm going to sit here every single episode of the broken tables podcast and i will i will fucking die on this hill orange cassidy not saying he will but he is a world champion caliber wrestler so, in today's game let, let me throw this at you i'm talking aew like world heavyweight champion i'm oh, perfectly fine with him taking any of the other belts 
somehow being a tag champion, somehow trios, somehow TNT, somehow the what is Atlantic, all Atlantic. Like I'm okay with any of those. It's just that world heavyweight title. You know what I mean? There's something. There needs to be a prestige behind it. Of like, say somebody who doesn't watch wrestling just sees the dude on TV and they're like, that dude's the champion. Like you need to look at him and be like, okay, I want to watch that show. Like. He's may I, may I may I interject with something real quick? Sure, sure. How you doing tonight, Jeff? Doing good, man. Doing good. I was doing good. And here we are again. Um, you Ooh, know, people said the same. Being nice to you. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to figure that out. It's new room. You know, I'll try to remember to sit back. It's it's the so, camera. I'll have to fix that for you. I'll get a yeah, new we'll, camera. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Um, so Jeff, you know, people said the same thing about Mick Foley. You know, oh, why is it this guy's not world champion caliber? What are you, what are you fucking talking about? There's something different about Foley, though. I get what you're saying, as they did say that, but it was, it was in a. Oh man, it's it's tough for me to defend myself on this one, but I really do think that that's different. Do you maybe think you're wrong then if you can't, you know, defend your stance? No. <laughs> Maybe. We'll, we'll go okay, with a maybe on that one. <laughs> so what what makes this guy and, and I guess we're just gonna open we're gonna have this is gonna be an ongoing segment here on the Broke Deals podcast. What exactly do you think this man needs to fucking do in your eyes? In your eyes to be worthy of winning a world championship because I mean that should be the goal of every single wrestler in the industry. Like not not a like AW, yes, but I'm saying like if you're a wrestler Wherever you're at, your goal should be to world, be the world champion of that right. promotion. You, so you want me to be honest? I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. He oh, needs to gain it. about twenty five. Gain about twenty five pounds. That's that's my answer. Oh, my He's God. my size. I cannot believe anyone my size is going to be the AEW World Heavyweight Champion. I'm sorry. See, now I need to call you a carny piece of shit. <laughs> like that's that's where we're at now. Saying that he's too small, like okay, well, people said that about Daniel Bryan when he was in WWE. Um, but Daniel Bryan, you know, people said that about people said CM Punk was too small to to make it work there, you know. But CM Punk made it to the to the World Championship and beat John Cena in a main event at a pay per view for a world title. Like you know, it's like Rey Mysterio was too small. Uh, I, I'm, you know, what I mean, he won the World Championship multiple times in WWE. Uh, so I could go on if you want. I, I just like I feel like you're just you're in a you're, you're kind of stuck in an old, very old school mindset about this. And there, there's nothing wrong with some old school philosophy kind of working out, you know, but and Big T saying Orange Cassidy for him is in the league of Roddy Piper, Ted DiBiase, a guy with a gimmick who's so good he doesn't need the world title. And for the record, I yeah. agree. I don't think Orange Cassidy needs the world title. We were in the Discord talking about that during the match tonight, where it was, um, uh, who was it? Juhas. It was Juhas. See, and we were talking about um, about this very thing. And it's like, no, Orange Cassidy doesn't need to win a world title. But at the same time, the guy is definitely a caliber in the company to win a world championship. Yeah. Uh, will he? I'm not saying he will. I'm just saying he has the, he has everything, all the tools needed where Tony Khan could very easily make that call. So, to defend myself against all the names that were just said, all of the names that were just said have a look about them. Go go take a look at, go Google all of them and put a, put them next to each other in a photo. I'm not talking about how short they are. 
Not, it's not necessarily their size per se, even though that I said gain 25 pounds. It's, there's a look about you as, as like a person to hold the world heavyweight title. Rey Mysterio earned it. He, he, how long did it take before he got that? 15, 20 years, I think it was before they gave him that title. Eddie and Benoit were buff as hell. They were both roided out of their minds. So that's not even close to being a small per even though you're a short guy. I'm saying Cassidy, to me, he just does not look like a world heavyweight champion. That's all I'm trying to say. So if they if they put it into a storyline somehow where he got it and held it for, you know, a few weeks, maybe a few months at the most, I would be fine with it. It's just they could not they couldn't to me. They could not believably put him in a program, let's say with John Moxley, and have him beat Moxley clean somewhere and become the champion of AEW for the next conceivable year. That that is not a believable thing to me. I'm he sorry. almost beat Kenny Omega for the world title. What are you talking about? I, I, I know that. But that was just a great match where he, he had a great match oh. with Kenny Omega. They were still oh. trying to establish AEW and put on great matches. Like, ah, dude. <laughs> oh my god. This, this I get it. I'm making it worse, man. I get it. I'm just, I'm, st I'm just. There's nothing that's gonna talk me out of this. Like he just, he doesn't have the look to me. You know what I mean? So, Jeff, every time you you make an argument, not only does it get instantly debugged, like it just, it just gets torn apart. Like this is a. This is like an all-time bad take for you. I hope you realize yeah, that. Like this is I, like I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. Like you say, like he doesn't have the look, right? Like he just doesn't have the look. Like what? What look are you looking for? Are you looking for a Roman Reigns type guy? Because I mean, I'm looking case, for no someone head. larger than myself, someone who doesn't look like me. I'm sorry, but someone who looks like me, I cannot get behind that as a world heavyweight champion of a major wrestling organization. I'm sorry. I'm not, and I'm dissing myself on that one. Like, like, dude, I, I work out. I got a few little tiny muscles here, and I'm, I'm pretty skinny like Cassidy. He's probably the same height as me, and we're probably the exact same weight. Like, it, that's just my thing. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's... I never took you for the judge a book by its cover, uh, cover type, but, I mean, here we are. I mean, the dude fucking has amazing matches week in, week out. Match of the year with Will Ospreay. I don't give a fuck what anyone I, says. Absolutely. That's I can't deny any of that. Cannot deny any of that. Well, then, like, wait, like, what is the problem? <laughs> this guy's a merch seller. Kids fucking love him. You have kids dressing like him. Like, it's the same thing as Rey Mysterio. Like, like... Oh, like, you argue, like, well, Rey Mysterio took him forever. Yeah, like, he won the world title in WWE, and, like, to AEW's credit and to WWE's fault in the past is that they have historically been a big man's promotion. So the yeah. fact that Ray was able to do that is a very big deal, regardless of Eddie Guerrero's passing and him riding that wave or not. Like at the end of the day, it still fucking happened. And like, like you can't just be like, oh, well, it just took him forever. Like Arch Cassidy's been wrestling for a long time too. The dude's 37. Like it's, it's like, I, I hear you. But the problem is that yeah. this is such a bad take on epic proportions that, like, I like, I just, I don't know. Like, I'm just like, next time you tell me you like someone, I'm just gonna be like, oh, yo, they don't look like a star. So fuck them. I mean, hey, like, you know, we 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 both entitled to our opinion. If mine's old school, that you know, that's just the way it is. You know. Sure, sure, I guess so. <clears throat> Hey, Juan's got a good point there. Jericho wasn't all that buff as a heavyweight champion, but like I said, he's established after years and years and years of work. So, like, maybe, let's say in a few years, I could probably, I may change my tone completely about Cassidy. If he puts in all the work like like these guys did, like Ray did, and, you know, 
I could possibly change my tune, but until then, I'm, I'm, that's just, just the way I feel. You know what I mean? So, so are you implying that Orange Cassidy has not put in the work in his career? I think he's absolutely put in the work in the time he's been in AEW. So it's only been two like, years, three years. You know that he was wrestling before AEW. It's not like I had AEW never heard of around. him. He just like was poofed I'd into never heard of him. I Sorry, doubt that many people had ever heard of him before he was in AEW. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't, but at the same time, you're, you're acting yeah. like but before I, I would agree with Juan right there that I am actually probably in the same school as Jim Cornette, and I can't stand him, so yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. Let's 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 get back on track here to, to, one, to Dynamite. One last thing. You know? one, well, just, just one last thing. So Orange Cassidy's been wrestling since 2004. Just so you know, he's wrestled okay. in Jakarta. He's wrestled wait, all along he? the Indies. He doesn't even look that old. He's 38. I literally just told you this. Wow, he's 38. I'm just saying, I would have never guessed him that old. He looks like he's in his 20s. He looks like he's about, you know, 28, 29. He's actually older than I am. Then, wow. Okay. All right. So. uh Again, I loved his entrance music. I love his music now. His music is absolutely freaking fantastic. I love that they switched over to it. I love that they uh, they got the rights to it. It's great. Um, I loved how the best friends came in uh, stacked on each other's shoulders in a giant trench coat like something out of a cartoon to confront Satnam Singh. Uh, they stopped Satnam on the ramp from uh, interfering in the match. So we got a, a nice clean match, I guess you would say, up till you know to the end there. Yeah, I, I I love that spot with the best friends. <laughs> showing up with a with a really tall jacket, the trench coat jacket, to be the same size as Satin Singh. Uh, it was it was hilarious. Yeah, it was uh, yeah, great. I love Orange Cassidy and the best friends, and I will absolutely die on this hill. Whether it's hot take, not a hot take, don't care. Uh, one of the best things on TV. Yeah, I thought this match was flipping fantastic and. You know, like I said, every every time he has a match, it's like a breakout match on on Twitter. People are like, "Oh my God, did you see this Orange Cassidy match?" And I'm like, "Guys, we say this every time. When are you just gonna give him credit for having amazing matches?" Yeah, Jeff, when are you going to do? <laughs> Wait a second, you can't just take that stance after the. Yes, the I can. I can say someone has great matches, know. but they're not they're not world championship material. Like. You're, 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 no offense, you're contradicting the hell out of yourself. No, dude, okay. Do you know who Patty Pimblett is in the UFC? No. Okay, he's a young man from, from England. He puts on one of the best shows you will ever see in the octagon. He is unbelievable when you watch this show. The crowd goes ballistic for this dude. But if he joined anybody in the top three in that octagon, he would get knocked out and he would be done. So that is where uh, that is where I'm saying someone can absolutely be a great performer, but they're not championship material yet. Yet. The, does this does he win Matt? Does he win fights? In the oh yeah, he wins fights. Oh yeah. Mm. And I could be wrong. I, I could be wrong. If he jumped into the top three and fought someone, c could I be wrong? Could he win the fight? Maybe. But the consensus is right now is if he joined even the top five, he would get eaten alive. So it's one of those it's just one of those things like eh. yeah ryan i know it, it's kind of a shame it, it, it is a shame the orange cassidy just gets he gets hell um but the guy you know I, again I, this is the hill i'm gonna die on absolutely it's, no, it's he's, 
I totally understand it. Like, I'm not like saying like, I can't believe you think he should be champion. Like I, I actually, I totally get it. You know what I mean? So, again, just to reiterate, like I, in, in terms of AEW's roster, like, I don't think he should, I mean, I think he's, he, he's world, he's world championship caliber. If somebody like, if I blinked right now, right? Like let's say I went to a coma and I woke up five years from now and like I saw Orange Cassidy was the AEW world champion at some point over the next like five years or i'll even say two years i would 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 not be shocked i would be very happy but i wouldn't be shocked i wouldn't just be like what the fuck what happened here like no like he's like i don't know again the dude's been putting in work just because he was mainstream he wasn't mainstream until AEW came around sure but i mean that's the thing in the in the fed he wasn't getting the opportunity because of what he looked like um and for me, I don't give a fuck what you look like as long as... I mean, like, obviously, a look... You, you need a memorable look. And to me, Orange Cassidy has a memorable look. You I know, he's got the jeans, he's got the pockets, he's got the glasses. Again, kids fucking dress up like him. I'm sorry, we're... Like, this is going on yeah. very long, and I apologize. No, it's fine, it's fine. I feel very strongly about this. I feel like this guy has done everything he needs to do. He has wins over guys in the company like Chris Jericho and Adam Cole. Like... Like, I don't know what, like, you're saying, like, he needs to put on 25 pounds, and I, I think that that is a very, a very shitty take to have, um, in pro wrestling today, in, in pro wrestling specifically, not sports anything. But that's just, that's... I got you. I mean, you know, it is what it is. But, like I said, if it happened, I wouldn't be, like, upset. I'd be like, cool, let's just not let this last for a long time, you know, let's do something cool with it and fun with it for, couple weeks and we'll see what happens you know but well everyone will just keep buying his merch and he'll keep being a top guy so i tell you what the more we've talked about it i do want to see him as the first um like north american side all-atlantic champion i would actually really enjoy to see him as the all-atlantic champion see him touring around like pack is right now over to england and then maybe over to japan do some stuff like that yeah, uh, yeah, Ryan. He's he's entertaining, guaranteed money. Big T saying this is arguably one of the greatest conversations since I started watching the show. Just another reason why he loves us and the dynamic. Thank you. Thanks, guys. man. Appreciate that. Uh, yeah, you know, it's all good. Like we're disagreeing, but we're we're cool. There's there's no beef. We're not gonna like get off the stream tonight and be like, Jeff, you fucking idiot. Like, what do you? Well, I mean, I might say that, you now, might. but I won't. Like, <laughs> I will, but I'm not gonna be like, you know, I'm done with you. The only person that I'm done with is Forrest. You know. That that guy. Oh my. Who? What? You know. So I saw on Twitter. Someone sent me a tweet of his today, and like it was an awful take. It was Pokemon Legends Arceus was a bad game, and like I was like, oh, that's a bad take. That's a really bad take. That is, that is a really good game. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to comment on it, but it, it, it's a it, it was a bad take. It's one of those games that I'm like, <clears throat> I wish it was better, but I don't think it was bad at all. Like, I wish there was multiplayer where we could have just wound up seeing each other in the world, kind of like World of Warcraft, and then just had a big old battle. You know what I mean? Like, that would have been insane, but it was still good. It was still very good. Yeah. I mean, in my opinion, and I, no, I'm not going to say it because it's a hot take. People are going to get mad if I say it. <laughs> Actually, no, no, it's fine. It, fuck it. it. It's fine because everyone's mad. You know, I'm mad at Jeff, so yeah. for his bad take. Um, based off every game that I've played that's come out this year, um, Pokemon Legends Arceus is my game of the year at this point for 2022. Ooh, nice, nice. Do you have the? Cover? I have not played Elden Ring. No, I have not played Elden Ring. It just it kind of slipped off my radar. I had a really busy month that month, so I didn't buy it. Um, I'll probably get it at some point, but I just I'm not really into the Souls games too much. Um, 
<laughs> Big T asking if I have the cover. Yes, I absolutely do have the cover. It's right here. Oh, boy. I don't want to knock over a little I was like, watch that. That Super Nintendo game's going down. That's what I said. Yeah, it's, <laughs> that's a uh, link to the past. Bam. Oh, no. Come on. Come on. Come on. There it is. It's there. There. Yeah. Go lower. There you go. Yeah, that's close enough. Good enough. Gotta figure out the lighting in here. The reason I haven't done the streaming here yet is because the lighting in here is really bad. It is a really bad lighting situation here. And I'm, I'm pretty sure it's the actual camera. I'm gonna get you the same camera that I use here. Um, it, it takes pretty much any lighting you give it very well. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyways, um, moving on. So I gotta see how you feel after we had this conversation here. How do you feel about Jay Lethal winning this match? I was not expecting well, Lethal to win, to be honest with you. So my initial reaction was surprise, um, but then I forgot I forgot about the Wardlow interaction on Friday. So uh. once Wardlow came out, I was like, oh yeah, that's right there. They were building towards that. Um, I thought that this was a really great win for Lethal considering he has a title match this Saturday. Um, uh, Big T, it's a really good game. It's, I, I really enjoy it. It's a huge um, open but... world, man. So good, so good. What that? Huge open world. It was so good. I oh, loved yeah. it. And it really sets up for Scarlet and Violet this November, which is also going to be really good, which has four-player co-op. Nice. Open world. So, yeah, Lethal um, uh, worked over the knee, and then at the end, he gave the knee, like, a crazy little drop kick and uh, finished him off with the lethal injection. Like, that was nuts. I thought this was a really well-done finish, the way he was working that leg and kind of pushed him off the leg into a lethal injection yeah. um yeah it was a it was a really fun good match uh juan's asking if battle of the belts is taped it's going to be taped friday night excuse me rampage is live this week um and battle of the belt will be taped before rampage nice so what happens when they uh, don't do rampage after dynamite so is there still something going on right now for them or did they just go home at 10 Honestly, I don't know. Uh, I would love to know. Uh, maybe they filmed some more uh, dark elevation. Maybe they... I don't know. I do not know. I don't have an answer for you yeah, on that. But my, yeah, if you guys didn't know, that is how Battle of the Belts works. Uh, Friday Night Rampage before Battle of the Belts is always live on Rampage. And then Battle of the Belts is filmed that same night with Rampage. Kind of like they do Dynamite with Rampage. All right, so yeah, Jay Lethal gets the win. Uh, he goes to attack uh, Orange Cassidy again after the bell. We get the best friends come running out, and then Wardlow comes out as well. Um, I wish there would have been a little bit more interaction there, but Wardlow kind of just climbed in the ring, scared everybody off, and then screamed and yelled for a moment. You know, it did what it needed to do, but I want to see Wardlow back in the ring, man. It's Since he won the belt, he hasn't been in the ring. What the heck? That's just not true. It's not? Has he got? Has he been in since then? Yeah. I'm probably just forgetting it. He probably squashed somebody, right? I'm just... I feel like we're not getting him in the ring very often. You're, you're trolling me right now, right? Am I? Are you? No. He wrestled fucking Orange Cassidy last week. That was last week? It was either last week or the week before. He's been, he has been on TV. Okay, he, you're right. That match did happen. That match did happen. So, all he right. He defended the title like twice, I think. Okay. Maybe just missing him for one week and I was like already missing him, you know. I, I want more Wardlow, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure he, he's got enough weight for you, huh? 
He does. Absolutely. That's another... Okay, listen. That's another thing. When you're putting him in programs with guys that look like that, that makes him look even less likely to me. Like, come on. <laughs> Boy. Well, I just want to let everyone know that here on the Broken Tables podcast, uh, I do not judge a book by its cover. I judge people by the context of their character. Uh, if you're an entertaining pro wrestler... Sorry. I'm, I'm leaning on down to the mic. I might as well just pick it up. If you're an entertaining pro wrestler, I fucks with you. I don't give a fuck what you look like. I like Abaddon. Abaddon's great. Oh, love me some Abaddon. You know, I'm just saying. In the same way I love Abaddon, you know, I could go the same way I said love Jamie Hayter. I don't give a fuck what they look like. I mean, like, I, like, I give a fuck what they look like in the sense that I hope they have a good look. Like, if, like, what they're going for, they're nailing it. Or if it's something unique. Um... I mean, I get it. I totally get it, dude. I totally do. It's just, it's one of those old school things that's probably going to be stuck with me for a while. It'll go away one day, I hope. We'll see. Um, so next up, we got a uh, video package for the uh, Hook with Ricky Starks uh, incident uh, from last week with um, Hook winning the FTW championship and, you know, Ricky being betrayed by Willie Hobbs there. And we... Uh, we had a segment on this later in the night, right? Yeah, we do. I just wanted to kind of give a quick little tidbit. So a little bit of behind-the-scenes podcast stuff, right? So, obviously, you know, you told me Monday night, be prepared, do an emergency stream in case, like, Sasha and whatever happens on Raw. So, you know, I did my due diligence as a podcaster. You know, I, I didn't want to be, like, a like a dummy. So I, I did watch the first 45 minutes of Raw and like along with you i don't know if i told you but i yeah. thought you maybe you figured it out because i was texting you about it yeah um watch the first 45 minutes of raw uh there was eight minutes of wrestling in the first 45 minutes of raw and a lot of that 45 minutes was spent doing recap packages um and it went on so long and like this like this was perfect because it was like under a minute and it gave you everything you needed to know so we can move on to the next chapter. Yes. Whereas, like, on Raw, I think it was the Matt Riddle-Seth package. But that shit went on for, like, three and a half, four minutes. And I'm just sitting here like, yeah, I know. I unfortunately watched SummerSlam the night before. Or two nights before. Can we can we not do a complete, like, four or five minute recap of what happened two nights ago? You know, and then they did another recap. They did another recap, it, like, also about the opening of Raw. It, it, it was dumb. But anyways, my point is... This is the way to do a, like a, a recap, like 45 seconds to a minute. Just get the get the key points, throw them out there, bam, and it was great. Yeah, it was perfect. I, you took the words right out of my mouth, just like they just bang, bang, bang. It, we had everything we needed to know. Next up was Adam Cole, baby, finally returning with the Undisputed Elite. We had all five members out here for this one, and hey, Jeff, dude. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. Can I ask you a question real quick before we get into this uh, yeah, yeah. segment? Adam Cole, world champion caliber. Fuck yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to yell and laugh into the mic really loudly. Yes. Why yes, Jeffrey? Why yes? He couldn't. He's he's very skinny. He's very small. Do you are you aware of this, sir? I am. And he wasn't in WWE until, like, 2018 or whatever it was. Are you aware of this, sir? Where has he been at? Like, what's going on? God fucking damn. 
so, um, what I'm going to say to this one is, because oh, yeah? I say? believe he proved himself over in NXT to the point where oh. I had no choice but to acknowledge Fuck. the God Adam Cole, it. baby. Mm. I hope everyone knows, uh, you know, watching this and maybe listening post, how fucking hurt I am right now. Like, god damn it, man. Like, I was waiting for this segment to pop up because, like, I thought about it earlier in my argument. I was like, or Rey Mysterio, or I almost said Adam, Adam Cole, and I was like, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to fucking wait. I'm going to have to admit, Rome just hit me with this finisher, and Aubrey just rang the bell. One, two, three. Case closed. Yes, Big T. Thank you. It, it, this is ridiculous. This is an awful argument. This has <laughs> been a, an awful ongoing argument. I'm glad that everybody enjoys it. <laughs> But uh, Juan saying he didn't think the video packages were that bad with Raw. This could have been the first time in many years people were watching Raw. Um, I, I could sympathize with that to an extent, but nah, man. I, mm. So, Rome, it is kind of funny. Right after we stopped watching, they did put on like 90 minutes of wrestling. And everybody's like, that's the most they've had in years. And I was like, really? Right when I finally turned it off, they actually started putting on matches? <laughs> Well, I mean, again, I mean, maybe Triple H, I'm sure he's going to make the product better. I'm still very skeptical um, about change there in general. I mean, I, I definitely got to see it. I mean, I understand a lot of talent are, are like, love Triple H, you know, yeah. for what he did in NXT. I'm not as easily sold. I'm optimistic but cautious, as we've talked about. Um, but anyways, tell me, about, uh, tell me about Adam Cole, Jeff. Tell me about how this man is a world-caliber fucking wrestler, please. I mean, I'm not going to, like, go pushing for him to win the AEW World Championship or anything. But if they threw him in a program, I'd be fine with it. And so, yeah. Stop it. I, 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 I secede my points of Orange Cassidy. I'm, I give up. <laughs> Awful. Awful. This man really saying Adam Cole isn't World Championship. <laughs> yeah, Rome swept the leg. <laughs> I just put him with the GTS. I'm just like... That's and it. you know, done. I got I got Adam Cole right here above me, man. So you got me. I'm just saying, I, bad take. Anyway, um, this has been a segment. I don't I don't want to like not give this segment its credit. This is a segment that I've been waiting fucking year, like a, over a year yeah. for. You you, you take I over shout. for this one. So, you know, the undisputed league come out. Adam Cole, the Young Bucks, and um, Red Dragon. With Brandon Cutler, of course. Uh, they come out, and Adam Cole reveals that he's still not medically cleared to wrestle. Uh, Ryan Davis saying, Adam Cole is smaller than Orange Cassidy. Um, let's see. So, we have... Um, sorry, we have the Elite come out, and Adam Cole is talking about loyalty. He's talking about how Red Dragon's loyal, you know, they're his loyal friends, and he came to AEW for the Young Bucks. Now, that's not the same thing that Kenny Omega told them once. Kenny Omega said, I chose the Young Bucks. Those are two different things, folks. Yeah. Make sure you keep that in mind. Um, you know, and he talks about how he's not cleared to compete. Kyle O'Reilly's not cleared to compete. Um, you know, and you're not going to choose Bobby Fish, so you guys can't compete in the trios tournament. Um, Maduga's saying, what about John Silver? Oh, man. All, all, the, all the small... In stature, big and heart guys coming out of the woodwork, and Jeff is just like, nope, not so having yeah, it. 
I can't see Silver as champ because his character just doesn't allow it. Yeah, I, I actually agree from that from a from a character <laughs> perspective. It's, it has nothing to do with his size, though. No, I don't look at John Silver's size and say he can't do it. It's no. I mean, it's more so he's dying in the Dark Order along with the rest of those. Yeah. Poor if he turned into like an evil Tommaso Champa, like Silver, if Silver did, holy shit, he'd be that'd be insane. Yeah. Anyways, so you know, he says that the Bucks aren't going to be able to compete in the trios tournament in which case the bucks get a little defensive they're like what, what the hell what do you mean we can't you you can't tell us not to compete and they're very confused they turn to look at adam cole and adam cole says let me i didn't word that very well he says you're not going to be physically able to compete and at this point the undisputed elite turn on the young bucks uh and begin a beatdown. and then i'm sitting there and i'm like we're getting something good right here oh yeah. like either either I'm right, and we're about to get Hangman, or I'm wrong, and we're about to get Kenny Omega. And out comes fucking Hangman Adam Page. And when I say I stood up from my chair, I cheered, I freaked out. Um, you know, again, like for those that watch the podcast, I've been waiting. <laughs> I watch BT every week, and every week when when Adam or Matt like text each other about making up and just kind of putting the past behind them. They delete the text and I get so upset. Uh, and to see the hangman come out tonight, it was, it was a really fucking cool moment. It was, it was so hype. And it's just, again, it's this long-term storytelling that just works so well in AEW. Um, and yeah, it's, it is looking like the trios tournament. It's going to be the hung bucks. Uh, and I'm extremely, extremely excited about that. I'm very happy, very happy about the segment. I fucking love the segment. Yeah, man. Um, I actually was not expecting, uh, like before, before this segment started, when they announced the undisputed elite was going to be here talking, I did not suspect any, anything of a heel turn or face turn for the bucks. You know what I mean? Or a heel turn, if you want to call it that for the undisputed elite there, but about halfway through Adam Cole's speech, it just like clicked in my brain. I was like, he's about to turn on them. I was like, is this going to happen right now? I was like, wait a minute, what? And it just like unfolded before my eyes and I was kind of like blown away. Um, and I actually was expecting Hangman because, you know, we know about the Hung Bucks, right? Uh, but my wife was like, why is Hangman out here and not Kenny Omega? And I was like, yeah, why is it not Kenny Omega? But, you know, I think you were you were very happy there that we got uh, Hangman instead, right? I was well. I don't know if Purple knows this because I know she kind of started watching a little bit based off of your your recent viewing habits. Yeah. Um, not that there's a problem with that. There's nothing wrong with becoming a fan. Um, but for those that aren't aware, the Hangman was in the Elite. And you know, everyone kind of forgets all the. If you watch just AEW, you kind of forget about it because the storyline started off very early there. The Hangman was disgruntled with with the Elite that there was a breakup coming. That was a very early AEW storyline. Um. So, you know, if, if you didn't watch before, you know, it, it's understandable. But there's a lot of history here. Again, the, the Hung Bucks were former Ring of Honor six-man tag champions. You know, there, there's a lot of history there. They were in the Elite. And, yeah, it's, you know, I, I do think we're going to see Kenny Omega very soon. I, I don't know in what capacity and where. I mean, he's going to be a part of this angle in some way. Um, maybe he shows up at All Out after the Bucks win the titles. And he's like, oh, wow, you know, Hangman... Again, I, I mean, I've been calling this forever. You, you said you were on, you weren't expecting the, the turn here. I, I, I absolutely. We talked about it last week. I was like, this is probably where they do it. Where, uh oh, oh boy, 
Yeah, oh, is he here? Him. He's here. I didn't think he was going to make it. Let's see. Tiger. 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 <laughs> Usually he sits on my lap to get on the stream. I guess he's he's doing his own thing. Um, But so... He, um... Yeah, this is a this is a really great segment. The Elite Civil War is starting, like I like I told you it was going to, um, and yeah. I guess this sets up for Kenny coming back. So we'll probably have another incidence of uh, these guys beating the Bucks down, and we'll probably hear that battle cry. Man, I can't freaking wait to get Kenny back. Oh, jeez, it's been so long, yeah, man. Excited, it feels like but... it's been like two years. I mean, yeah, it's been it's been about a year, a year in November. Um, but yeah, man, this was oh, such a cool segment, and I and I loved it. Uh, I was so ready for these guys to to figure this out, and yeah, it was it was a great, great, great segment. Loved it, absolutely loved it. Yep, me too. And uh, Excalibur did mention the hung bucks, so I do believe we're gonna get that. That's the second time I think I've heard him say uh, that trio's name. So I also want to point out the great shot of the <laughs> child. You knew exactly what I was going with this. Of of the child whose life was ruined by Adam Cole. This for those that weren't watching live or maybe you missed it, there's a shot to the crowd when when the undisputed elite turn on the Bucks. And there is this child who is like crying his eyes out. Um Thanks, T. I didn't mean for that to be on. Thank you. <laughs> You have music playing right now. What are you doing? There was some ending music for when we uh, end the pod. Oh, okay. Um, Ryan Davis, what are you feeding that thing? Live chickens? Nah, man. He he actually doesn't eat much. Believe it or not, he's not he's not that fat. I was just holding him in a way where he looks a little chunky. Yeah, he's not that he, big. No, he, he's a he's a very uh, very healthy thirteen year old cat. That's my guy. Um. Juan saying, I think Jay White could get involved in some way with the Bucks, and maybe he could have a storyline with Omega. Well, yeah, again, like we've talked about it in the past on the podcast, and I, I think the Elite Civil War is coming, and I could see, you know, I mean, again, Jeff, you, you can say it. we we we've talked about this for a while now. Um, you know, I do think Jay White could get involved here. I mean, I think when Kenny Omega comes back, they they are going to be short a guy. Um, apparently, yeah. Roderick Strong's contract isn't up for a little bit, so. I don't think they could do that. <laughs> the big T said the new kid, that kid is the new angry Miz girl. Oh man. Yeah. That kid bothered the wife too. She was like, Oh my God, look at that little boy crying. And I was like, I was even like, Whoa, that kid is very upset right now. I What's was like, elite, man? but how does a young child like that loves like the elite that much? Like that's crazy. <laughs> How does a love ch young child love wrestling? Like, what do you no, like? No, no, what no. You it, it felt like it was specifically like the young bucks, and it they just don't seem like those characters that young children gravitate towards. You know? How do you figure? I don't know. I just figured like the best friends would be something more where a kid would be crying if they were getting beat up. You know? I mean, the young bucks are extremely colorful. That is true they're the they're the most incredible wrestlers the best tag team of all time um yeah they and, don't curse and stuff like that they're very family oriented with the bucks okay i, I get it i get it when i put it two and two they're together, yeah. they're christian af yes they have merch yes. that literally says christian af yep um 
Jeff in general, man, bad takes tonight. Not a, not a good night for Jeff. No, I wasn't takes. saying, like, I don't see how that was a bad take. I just, you know. Like, oh, I don't understand how this kid could feel emotions about pro wrestling. Like, no, about the Bucks uh, is what I was thinking. But now that, you know, now that we go through it, yeah, they're very family oriented. It makes sense now. Yeah. But yeah, I feel bad for that for that kid. The the dad, I definitely feel bad for the dad that was holding him. Uh, <laughs> the dad was getting emotional too. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, probably why because they probably love the young bucks together. I bet you that that dad, again, that would be that would be the kind yeah. of dad I would like. Well, he probably watches the young bucks every week with his son. Yeah, he's probably got buck so stuff everywhere. Action figures. Go. They were finally so excited to go to Dynamite Live. They were like, oh, wow, the, the young bucks are going to be on the show. Me and my son, we, yeah. we're going to share this moment together. And then that happens. Yeah, that's why the kid cried. There's a lot of buildup that we aren't aware about <laughs> leading up to this, Jeff. True, totally true. Um, <laughs> well, you know, it's okay to feel to feel for these characters. Yeah, absolutely. I know I know you come from, from, from the New York territory where you're kind of trained to not give a fuck about anything. But here, <laughs> we care about things. You know, it doesn't matter if he's if he's – six foot five 300 pounds you know the young bucks yep i get it i get it our guys you know violence is scary to kids too so having people you like unexpectedly beat up yeah okay yeah so yeah i get it yep i get it purple was a teacher by the way so she's got that you know teacher's perspective there yeah all right, so uh, we next up we had a promo from John Moxley about how he is the best, and man, I love that promo. Short as it was, that's it, it, all it needed. That's all he needed to say. I'm the best. You know, that's Gen- it. Generational talent there. Generation. Yeah, absolutely. Just that's all you gotta say. It's an excellent promo. It's just it, it's masterful how a guy like how a guy can have a promo like this where it's like. And these Moxley promos are like this. Like he doesn't really go anywhere with it. He just he just talks, and it's it's, yeah. it's incredible. Like like sometimes in a promo you have a starting point, and then like you have your where you have to get to. And like Mox doesn't really do promos like that. Like he does like a uh, I don't care who I fight. And when I say that, that's not a stock answer. I really don't give a fuck. I'll fight yeah. whoever. And that that was the promo. That was the promo tonight. And like. It, any other guy like there there is a very small amount of guys that i would say guys and girls that i would say can get to that level and mox is one of the very few um yeah great 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 yeah uh, purple what was your degree k through six i believe something like that she she did like a before and after school program yeah yeah, yeah k through she, six yeah that's where she met my wife yes Oh, that's right. Yeah, ah, the whole full circle there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. how we met and everything. His wife, my wife, both did the before and after school program. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next up was Christian Cage backstage with Tony Schiavone in a uh, interesting little uh, interview. And my first thought was like, why are they in the garage back there for this interview? And all of a sudden, Christian looks over, and there is a speeding vehicle heading directly for him and Tony. And I was like, get out of there, Tony. Get out of there. Um, And car comes to a screeching halt. Tony and uh, Christian both bailed out of the way. And Jungle Boy hops out looking around, looking for Christian. And security shows up and escorts him out of the building. Um, I thought this was really well done. (laughs) 
I love this. Yeah. He tried to fucking murder that man. <laughs> <laughs> and this is probably one of the better, like, attempted murder segments. I don't know how I want to word this. Attempted murder segments in wrestling probably ever. Like, a lot of the other times, they don't look very good. Like, they're not driving that fast. Like, this looked like he was trying to hit him. It was a very well-shot segment. And it was so much fun. And, and again, like, this... This rivalry is just so intense, and I, we're leading towards All Out. I mean, you got to assume we're leading towards All Out for this. Um, and, man, what a what a rivalry this is. Christian Cage out here doing some of the best work of his career. Um, oh, yeah. Jungle Boy also. This is a evolution, elevation. Jungle Boy is continuing to move forward with his character development. He's not just the smiling baby face anymore. He's got he's got a motive and he's got a reason um, why he's doing stuff. Uh, uh, yes, Miyagi, one hundred percent. We will be playing the game on stream. Yep. Oh yeah, I already have it pre-ordered on Amazon. I didn't even know you could. I'll do that tonight. Yeah, it's, it's up for pre-order. Um, I'm getting the Xbox version, Jeff. Just so you know. Oh well, I don't have an Xbox. I'll probably be on PC. <laughs> well, you see, Xbox I believe has crossplay with PC, so okay, it should be fine. Cool. Yeah. Um, anyways, so, um, yeah, Big T saying he did, his foot didn't leave the gas until the last second. Yeah, I, um, even I thought that. I was like, damn, he's going fast. Like, that was, that was very well done. Yeah. For the AEW video game, I, I'm pretty sure Cody's still in it. I can't wait to beat the shit out of Cody. <laughs> every single goddamn, every match. They're going to set Cody oh, on boo. him. Boo. Hard difficulty. <laughs> First of all, I don't know if you can tell by behind me, but this is this is I'm a real I'm a real gamer, man. I play my Xbox stuff. I got my Nintendo stuff. The PlayStation stuff is over there. The bookcase over there. You know the the console war bullshit. Hold on. So here's the thing, right? How you doing, Purple? I hope you're doing good. Console war tribalism is fucking gross. And if you take part in that. It's kind of gross. Xbox is great. They do great things. PlayStation's great. They do great things. Nintendo is great. They do great things. Now, do they all have issues? Absolutely. That being said, my Series X is a bad, is a more powerful console than my PS5 or my Switch, which, yes, I have a Series X and a PS5 and a Nintendo Switch. Uh, so if a game is available on all three consoles or any like combination of the two, I'm getting it for Xbox because... That's just my, I like, that's where I like my, uh, my multi-plats, you know? So, eh. Who Xbox, you know, and then you're, you know, you're, you're just playing yourself. You're, you're acting like Orange Cassidy's not world championship material. My <laughs> God, there's so many bad takes going around tonight. Now, so back when we used to play a lot, there was like a huge tribal war. It was Xbox versus PlayStation big time back when like Destiny 1 oh. and Destiny 2 were around. Um, but I, I'm an, I'm for everything as well now. Like I play the switch. I play, you know, if I had an Xbox, I would play it for sure. Uh, next up was my, mm, I don't know if I want to say this yet, but I'm going to say it right now. And if something comes up later that beats it, then we'll see. But this was my match of the night. This Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter versus thunderstorm, uh, Tony storm and thunder Rosa. This tag match with these women was absolutely amazing with no hardcore shit happening. You know, 
I think there was a little bit of shenanigans with uh, Reba happening, but like it wasn't overboard. It was just an absolute great match from beginning to end. I loved this. Yeah, I thought this was an excellent match. Um, there was a few matches tonight where I had such a good time with it. I didn't take a lot of notes. This is one of those matches, unfortunately. Not unfortunately. Again, like if I have so much going on that like I I, I just forget to take notes, that's that's a pretty big compliment. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And I had a blast with this match. I mean, a few of the little things I did write down was uh, Jamie Hader is. It, it, I don't. I don't know if I want to say slowly, but she is getting over with the crowd as the heel sidekick, um, which is yeah, uh, more Jamie Hader. Uh, they're, they're, like you said, Madison uh, Rain being here, there was definitely a shift in focus. Um, we saw the women's match go on in the first hour segment. Segment six, I mean, I mean, in terms of full length segments, though, this was like the third main segment of the show. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to segment seven, which usually, you know, that like that mat that match before the main event spot. So this was a really great, um, really great time slot for the for these women to go down and really tear the match, you know, or tear the house down. Excuse me. Um, oh, yeah. Just just an excellent match, a really fun match. Everybody looked phenomenal tonight um brit's back on brit's back i mean again for some reason when brit's on top she gets worse but when she's not on top she's fucking kills it yeah. uh thunder rosa was great tonight uh tony storm was fun tonight and dude ryan hit the nail on the head i thought the exact same thing uh brit baker and jamie Hayter's gear the coloring was very very cody-esque um i thought that well, right away when they took their jacket off well so i thought that I noticed that too, but I mean, keep in mind, Cody just ripped off Homelander. Like, Cody Rhodes, man. Let me tell you this: Cody Rhodes, not an original bone in the man's body. <laughs> he just steals things. He's like, "Oh, guys, I like the Legend of Zelda. Don't you like the Legend of Zelda?" And I'm like, "Yes, Mr. Rhodes, I do like the Legend of Zelda. Maybe I'll like you." He's like, "Don't do that, because I'll just disappoint you in six, in four years." Um. <laughs> anyways, cody rhodes has just made a career out of ripping people off and taking ideas from others i mean he's living off his daddy's legacy and he watched a show on amazon tv and made a gear out of it and now everyone associates it as cody's gear all right uh no it, it was homelander gear but yeah. i mean yes it was styled like cody does his gear it was just the same colors so it gave off that vibe i'm not sure there was any intention to it <clears throat> um so yeah. i loved the finish of this oh. match Sorry. Go, go ahead, yeah. go ahead, go ahead. One second. Say, say the thing, say the thing. Fuck Cody Rhodes. Just fuck that guy. Like, <laughs> it's not a WWE thing. It's really not. I swear to God, it's not. You know, other other guy, Alan Angels could show up on WWE tomorrow. That'd be fine. You know, it, it's... Juan, that is not a bad take. Cody Rhodes is the biggest, like, is the biggest fucking loser in pro wrestling. And you know what? I'll even do when you want better. I bought into his bullshit. So I'm a loser too. I got fucking played by Cody Rhodes for years, thinking that this man represented my subsection of the fan base. I got played like a fiddle. So, yes, fuck Cody Rhodes. I won't be making that mistake again. No, um we were we were both huge Cody Rhodes fans there, uh Ryan and Juan and, you know, for 3 years of him creating AEW and telling us how the WWE was the enemy and then going back over there like that really, really bothered us. You know, 
Whereas I don't blame him much anymore because I get it. He took the millions and millions for his family. But that still doesn't mean that what he said and did for those few years doesn't make him a turd afterwards. So, you know, that's just kind of where we're at. Taking the money makes it worse. You know, again, so, I mean, Ryan Ryan might not know the story, so I'll just tell for the sake of telling it to make sure that I'm represented correctly because I I really don't consider myself a hater per se, but I can understand how I come off as a hater sometimes. So I was very disenfranchised as a WWE fan. Again, sorry to the people that are here and have heard this story before. I was very disenfranchised as a WWE fan. I felt like the product was not for me anymore. I felt left out and I considered just giving up on pro wrestling in general a few years back. Um, you know, WWE really beat the love out, beat the love out of me for, you know, pro wrestling. It took all of my guys and basically told me, you don't matter. Goldberg squash, you know, Bray Wyatt in 10 seconds in Saudi Arabia. You know, I was a big Dolph Ziggler guy. He got squashed. I mean, he's still there, but I mean, he hasn't done shit in 10 years uh, amongst other guys. There's a list of guys. Cody was, Cody was one of them. And when Cody got let go and just the way that he carried himself outside of wrestling, whether it was a, whether it was kayfabe or it was really how he felt, to me it doesn't matter. This man sold sold himself to a section of disenfranchised pro wrestling fans like myself, who, you know, who felt again left left behind by the Fed. And, yeah. you know, he spent six years. That was his. That was his point. His point was, I am your guys's fan. That subsection, I'm your guy. You know. I, you know, he would be the throne breaker. He would do this, that, the third. He would very frequently do things that were very anti WWE. And he would say things. And, you know, he's even said, he said on promos, I can never go back there because of how I feel about that place. Um, and so for him to go back there to, you know, to the company that made his father a joke, to to make to the company that made his brother a joke fuck to the company that made him a joke and like mind you this is not like 2022 wwe like or late 2022 wwe where vince is gone and people are gone and things are different you know this is pre all of that this is vince is still there Laurinaitis is still there you know the the, the culture is still there um and, and for the record i understand completely why he took the money although Meltzer speculated that the money wasn't much more than what w what AEW was offering him to do all of his roles so i mean at the end of the day there's just such a level of disingenuousness there that yeah. like i i don't give a fuck if it's cody rhodes the character or cody runnels the human being that's scummy as fuck and i can't i can't fuck with that so you know and I agree with Big T saying we all got played. That was his mo the entire time. Absolutely, you know. And again, that's why I said I'm a clown. I was I was fooled completely. Um, Ryan Davis saying he got promised a world title. He never got one in AEW. He's about the only guy I'll watch over there. The problem is that Cody Rhodes booked himself to never get a world title match. That was not a Tony Khan thing. Tony Khan did not want him to do that. Many people have said that in interviews, from what I recall. That was Cody putting a, a stipulation on himself because he thought he could handle it. And then he realized that he was fucking wrong and it's AEW, not WWE. They do not like when, when they do something like that storyline wise, they're going to stick to their guns. So Cody kind of screwed himself in that aspect. That doesn't earn sympathy for me. Um, yeah. Well, I'm saying I mean, if you watch, sorry, good. 
it's it's a tough one for me with Cody, like, because I understand why he took the money. I'm just upset with him for, you know, basically like using me for three years as his fan. And he I mean, most of the, you know, the e hate that I have was kind of like spurred on by him in some of his videos. You know what I mean? So, like, it just hurt when he did it. I'm sure I'll get over it one day. Like, I watched his match with his fucking torn peck and what we you know we both watched all that shit and it was impressive you know i got to give him that but it's not like we're you know we're ever gonna be fans of his again because i feel personally attacked <laughs> yeah no i it, it feels very personal because again you know he spent those six years taking these fans and using them yeah. and like you know what i mean like and sure every wrestler uses the fans to get over that's not what i'm saying but there's it's it's different it's yeah the message he was speaking spoke to a subsection of fans and then he dropped them like a fucking dime Yeah. to go back to the cult. I don't know how we got on this Cody Rhodes shit. Probably the, the outfits maybe, but let's get back to that Britt Britt Baker match there. Um, This match was incredible. The finish was absolutely amazing. Uh, We had Tony storm doing her uh, booty hip attacks in the corner and she was going wild doing them to everybody. And Britt Baker, what's that? She killed Britt with one of them. Yeah, she smashed Britt with one of them. Uh, she went over and she hit Jamie with another. When she went back to hit Britt with the second one, Britt pulled to, uh, Thunder in the way. Thunder Rosa pulled her in the way, and she took the hip attack. Uh, this led to the distraction for Tony Storm to take the shot to the back of the head from uh, Jamie. Or I'm sorry, for Jamie Hader to give yeah jamie hater give the shot to the back of the head of tony storm and pick up the win so jamie hater and Britt baker pick up the win here uh in an absolutely amazing match man just if you guys watch any match from this show tonight this is it right here this was unbelievable absolutely fantastic yeah, well so this 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 wasn't personally my favorite match but this was an excellent match all the same um i really love jamie getting the pin here i thought that was really big yes absolutely jamie definitely deserved that that pin um i can't wait to see what they do with her um she's she's over and i think she's got everything the the total package man she's got everything you need oh okay all right next up we got oh god a horrible horrible video package for sammy guevara and ty conti's marriage which luckily Luckily, we were spared by Eddie Kingston interrupting midway through, and this was great. So the way that they did this with Eddie in that video package was fantastic. If they would have finished like a whole two-minute video package, I would have been like, this was terrible. This was horrible. Get it out of my face. But the way Eddie interrupted it and he was laughing at it and was like, get this crap out of here. I loved it. Absolutely. Well, that was the point of it. They they went for something that was really, really bad because Eddie interrupted it. Yes. Um. This yeah, this was awesome. I didn't know that wrestlers could just interrupt the video package. <laughs> yeah, it was great. He's in the backstage, like, stop. This is this is stupid. Yeah, and what, you heard his you voice first while the video was playing, so you were kind of like, wait, is that Eddie talking? And then then they yeah. cut to him. It, it was it was done very well, very well. Yeah, and I think it's really cool. Um, so I mean, Eddie says that the contract is sent to Sammy for Eddie to face Sammy at All Out. Um. I think it's really cool that the Blackpool Combat Club JS feud is still going on. I mean, we had Jericho and Wheeler tonight. We have Jericho and Mox next week. We have 
this match going on. I mean, we're, we're going to talk about Daniel Garcia in a little bit, but he's got something going on with with Danielson and yeah, man, this 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 uh this rivalry is like kudos to them because this rivalry started fucking February. What is it? It's it's August now. This this rivalry started six months ago, and they're still churning out these meaningful matches like again like i that's amazing to me that's incredible yeah i completely agree um so yeah eddie challenges sammy at all out said the contracts in the mail already signed by him signed the contract um yeah that's gonna be good at all out i wonder what kind of match they're gonna have whether it be just a normal match maybe a street fight something we'll see all right, next up, we had a recap of Hobbs versus Hobbs and Starks with uh, Taz on commentary. Um, so Taz has taken Ricky Stark's side. He says, Hobbs, you know, better not cross any of us. So it does seem like um, Hobbs is going to be the, you know, the, the heel, while Starks is going to be the face along with uh, Team Taz for a little while here. Um, did you hear what Taz said? What did he say? All right, we'll take your hat off. So I guess Jeff was not paying attention. Uh, Taz, great, great Philly, great Philly wrestler. Not from Philly, from New York, but ECW. Uh, he announced today that Team Taz has disbanded. Oh, and I didn't catch up. that part. I don't know how you didn't. He literally, Taz literally stared at the camera and said, Team Taz is disbanding. What? Yeah. It, I think it somebody right might have been talking to me then. Happened right before the Hobbs match. Oh, that's when the pizza, the pizza showed up. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, anyways, yeah, Taz, uh, Taz was on the camera. He, he basically said that he was upset because he had no idea about anything that happened last week. He did not know that Taz was going to, yes, Big T, play taps. Uh, he did not know that Ricky Starks was going to defend his title a second time after the Dan Housen match. He did not know that Hook was going to challenge, uh, Ricky Starks for the title. He also did not know that Hobbs was planning on betraying uh, and turning on Ricky Stark. So he said because he felt like all of these guys wanted to do their own thing and didn't want to keep him in the loop, he has decided to disband Team Taz. And that is the end of Team Taz. Very underrated faction, uh, in my opinion. Very underrated. We will miss Team Taz. But I think they, they just want to move Team... I, they just want to move Taz to a full-time commentary role. He hasn't really walked them down to the ring in a long time. So, I'm cool with it. I mean, as long as Taz is still doing commentary. Because that guy is amazing. He is an amazing commentator. But, yeah. Team Taz is no more. Uh, and then we get Will Hobbs. Powerhouse Hobbs coming out. Repackaged. Dude looks fucking phenomenal. Um, I'm sure more along the lines, Jeff, of what you expect a world champion to look like. Um, and yeah, I mean, this was a, this was a really, uh, really good resurfacing or repackaging of Will Hobbs. He looked incredible. Jeff would have been depressed eating that pizza if he had heard Team Taz had broken up. Um, yeah, Hobbs looked incredible. I really liked how he was like, watch this Ricky. And then he just destroyed the, uh, the opponent. (laughs) Big T said, why? (laughs) Uh, this was a great squash match. I'm not even sure who the guy was. I don't. I don't know if they said his name, but yeah, oh yeah, I wrote it down. They did say it. It's it's uh Ren. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Ren Jones. Ren Jones. Okay. <laughs> yep, Ren Jones. All right. Well, um, 
after that, um, we had uh, Ricky Starks come running down the ramp. And did you notice that the cameraman was like, I don't know if it was he didn't see Ricky Starks or if he just meant to keep facing forward, but Ricky flew by the cameraman and it looked like the cameraman had no idea that he just ran past him. I think Ricky was just so wound up and so hyped that the timing was a little off. Yeah. Um, excuse me. Um, but no, I mean, that was, it was awesome. Yeah. yeah I loved it. I thought it was great. Of course, he Hobbs gets the, gets the better of him this time. Hits him with the spine to the pine, the spine buster. Um, and then he just gets out of the ring and leaves. What'd you think of that? I thought there should have been a tad bit more rather than just the spine buster and then walking away. No, no, that's a, that's a, exclamation point on this whole thing so starks comes out referee gets in the way that's something you also got to keep in mind the referee distracts ricky for like a second which is all you need in wrestling is that second for hobbs to turn it around and he hits him with the spine buster he lays him out and he leaves true you know i i think that it was perfect i think Hobbs's thing is like i don't need to hit you with a bunch of moves i'm just gonna hit you once and you're gonna stay the fuck down true makes sense all right, next up was a uh, Miro video package uh, speaking to his God once again, asking him, you know, and he mentioned a woman this time, and I'm not sure if he's talking about Julia Hart here. I'm really hoping we're talking about CJ. Oh, I was thinking the same thing. I mean, this it, it could be one way or the other. Um, I mean, my prediction is that Miro is not going to join the House of Black and Lana will be his his manager at that point. Yeah. Which would make, again, like, that was my thought, too. It's like, if he was joining the House of Black, it sounds like they're talking about Julia, but why would they not film a segment with Julia exactly. and Nero to set up for this promo? Yep. So I, I do think that it is uh, Lana. I don't know what she's, if she's going to go by C.J. Perry or that's her real name, but I don't know what she's going to go by if she comes to AEW. Um, Ooh, Lana versus Julia? I think Julia? that's where we're going with this. What's up? Lana versus Julia? Yeah, I mean, that would be cool. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, if I recall, Lana wasn't really ever the best wrestler. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I don't know. No, she Maybe. wasn't great. But, I mean, they thought she was decent enough to put her on TV and put her through a table for, like, four weeks straight. <laughs> that doesn't mean she's a good wrestler. Nia Jax <laughs> put her through they... a table for, like, four weeks in a row. It was crazy. It just means that they buried her. Yeah, yeah, Jax. pretty much. <laughs> Um. Yeah, so this was a a really intriguing promo, and I'm yeah, I can't, I can't wait to see this story progress and see where it goes. I'm I love Miro, love the House of Black, so this has got me written all over it. Yeah. More importantly, let's get to this next segment, Jeff. So, Darby Allen. Holy shit. Darby fucking Allen. Later, Ryan. Thanks for uh, hanging out with us. Appreciate uh, it, Ryan. Have a good night, sir. And yes, Lana is married to Miro. They are still together, yes. Yeah, they're they're together. Um so Darby Allen's talking about Brody King. Now, for those that don't know, Brody King got a tattoo on his arm, I believe. He yep. got a tattoo somewhere. It's on his forearm. Yep. On his forearm. It's a it's a tombstone and it says like Darby Allen or Here Lies Darby Allen. It says Here right? Lies is, Darby Allen, yep. Right. Which is fucking baller, right? Crazy fucking darby allen he's sitting there talking about how he's the reason why tony khan signed brody and he's here because of him and that's why he feels the need to establish himself above darby in dominance uh meanwhile like darby's doing some of this hand he's like, like he's 
kind of wincing in pain. You're wondering what the fuck he's doing. He was tattooing himself on the fucking palm. So I knew and, right away he was tattooing himself because of the little buzzing sound. That's a sound you'll never forget once you get a tattoo. Um, yeah. That was the sound of the tattoo gun. And yes, he was tattooing the center of his palm. And he wrote, uh, what did he write down here, actually? He wrote, uh, he wrote the coffin wrote the drops coffin. on Brody King. Yeah. That was amazing. <laughs> I, I, there's nothing else you can say. Can we just stop for a second and appreciate the fact that these two men fucking tattooed themselves for a match on free TV? Let's, Let's fucking, fucking go! go. Like, if you're not excited for this match, like, I don't know what more they could have done. They This has been such a... It's not a long-term rivalry or anything like that. But, like, this rivalry has really been, like, unique and really awesome between the, the beatdown at the Zoomies signing for Darby and, like, when the House of Black uh, attacked Darby at the Comic-Con panel. Now they're tattooing them fucking selves with each other. Sticking yeah. on them. Now, um, if, yeah, if, I'm... Really excited. If you guys haven't seen, uh, Brody King keeps on attacking Darby wherever he shows up for signings, and it's happened, I think, twice now, possibly three times. Um, twice. So if you haven't seen those, just go check out YouTube, look up Brody King Darby, you'll find it for sure. And it's the storyline existing outside of wrestling at the same time, and them getting tattoos, like they must have like a nice friendship backstage. You know what I mean? Something special between the two of them is going on backstage, you know? So I'm really enjoying this. I can't wait for that match. It's going to be insane. Um, I love every coffin match we've seen has been fantastic. Probably better than most coffin matches I've ever seen. Um, or casket matches. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's uh, it's going to be really, really good. Uh, so at this point, Jim Ross joins us. And I just wanted to kind of touch on this uh, first hour. An extremely, extremely good first hour of Dynamite. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Crazy. I looked at the time, and it was like a little after 9 o'clock at this point, And I was like, that was a that was a... That was an excellent first hour of Dynamite. For me, when JR came out, I was like, wait a minute, that was an hour? Like, I thought that, you know... I don't, yeah. I don't know if I want to say it It seemed like it was a long hour, but it was like a good long hour, if that makes any sense. I was like, oh, man, it's already, you know, like, I don't know. It was just Genius. I wasn't expecting JR. I wasn't expecting the hour when it came up. I was like, oh, wow. See, it flew by for me. Did it? Okay. Yeah. Maybe maybe it did fly for me, and I was kind of surprised that it was quick. I, I don't remember. I just remember being surprised when I saw JR. I was like, whoa, wait, 9 o'clock. Oh, okay. But, yeah. Uh, next up, we got Matt Hardy versus Christian Cage. Um, dude, this felt like a no DQ match to me. Did, did, did you get a vibe like that at all? A little bit. I was actually kind of conflicted about this match. Okay. I don't, I don't know how I feel about it. I thought it was good, but I, I wonder, did Matt get too much offense in? Like, did Matt get too much offense? You know... I think if we're looking at the storylines that are happening right now, I would say yes. But I think they were going after the fact that this was the first match between these two in something like 20 it years. It wasn't. It wasn't? Yeah, they wrestled on, uh, I want to say it was Revolution. They wrestled in February. Huh. It yeah, felt it was, like that's was, what they were going after. They, they've definitely wrestled in the last year. I don't, if somebody could fact check that real quick. Um yeah, they they wrestled when Matt Hardy was a heel and Christian was a babyface. 
So okay. this is just kind of the next match in their long, long, long rivalry. I didn't really have a problem with it because it was Matt Hardy versus Christian. Um, but around like the halfway point, I think it was like around the time they went on commercial, they came back from commercial break. I was like, man, Christian is like in a really hot feud right now. And like, I yeah. guess that's just not the AEW way to like do a bunch of squashes, which is totally fine. But like, I was like, man, I'm, I'm not saying it should be a squash, but I just felt like Christian should have had a much better handle on this. But I, I guess he was, again, this is why I'm conflicted. Cause I guess he was working as the heel. So it made sense to give Matt the offense. Um, but yeah, so again, I'm I'm kind of torn on it. I, I liked it. I thought it was good. I liked the spot at the end where Matt Hardy tries to put himself, you know, tries to give us a shout out, puts himself through a table. That was really cool. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I, I think that this match was sandwiched between two very good matches, um, being the women's tag match and then what I believe comes right afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, the next match. The next match and the match before were so good that I felt like it was sandwiched between two very good matches. Um, you know. No, yeah, I, I completely agree. So, yeah. Um, I don't know if I uh, wanted, if I was going to let that bother me at all because I thought this match was actually really good. It was like each dude pulled out every move they had in this match. It was like they were pulling out all the stops, kind of just giving the crowd a really good show, I felt like. Um, Matt... Matt misses that big uh, spot off the top rope uh, through the table on the outside. And that was brutal. Thought we were going to have the broken table of the week there, but um, I think we get it coming up a little bit later instead. Yeah, we definitely do. Um, So yeah, a Christian uh, picks Matt up uh, after he crashed and burned through the table, hits the kill switch. One, two, three. Um, Christian goes to give Matt the concerto and Jungle Boy comes out and saves him with uh, Luchasaurus, obviously. Um, and holy shit, Jungle Boy is over as hell, man. Like, I knew he was over, but the moment his music played, the entire crowd is doing the whoa, 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 you know, it's he he's over. It's time to it's time to push some Jungle Boy. Oh, God, Here, let me ask you a question. Yeah. So, Jungle Boy, right? Uh huh. Real, real over guy, right? Yeah. Is he world champion caliber? Not at the moment, no. Okay. I mean, there's an argument to me because he's so young and he's still inexperienced. Yes. But I mean, did, let me let me phrase that question. Does he have the look of a world champion? You? I think he he has the look of. If I may, this okay, this is gonna sound awkward, but he has as much of the look as Austin Theory has the look, if that makes sense to you. So I, I think Austin Theory has the look, but for the future. I also think Jungle Boy has the look, but for the future. If, if that makes any sense. Like the young thing. That's not that's not coming out right at all. You're comparing <laughs> Jungle Boy and Theory look nothing alike. That's what I'm saying. I'm I'm saying like I would say the same thing about Theory that yes, but not right now. You know what I mean? Like I'm not saying they look the same, but I would have the same answer for both of them. They're both just a little too young looking, too inexperienced looking, you know. Okay. Well, <laughs> We'll just leave that one at that, man. I can't crawl out of that hole. I can't. 
I'm I'm no, I'm done. <laughs> and I'm not going to let you. Um what stipulation would you add between Christian and Jungle Boy? Good question, T. What would you add? Oh, I would do hmm. So I would do something. Hmm, I don't know, it's a great question. I would definitely do something maybe I don't know if a street fight is good enough. I mean, my thought jumps to a cage match. But I mean, like, cage matches in AEW, while they're very good, they're very difficult. Like, I want, like, a Hell in a Cell kind of match in a cage match. So, like, usually Hell in a Cell, it has, like, the best of the, well, old Hell in a Cell. Not, like, anything that WWE's done in the last, like, 15 years. But, like, old Hell in a Cell, where it's, like, it has all the great stuff that cage matches have, but also brings in weapons into the mix. And I guess you can bring the weapons in from outside for the cage. Um... Which sometimes they get to do, but I don't know. I, I would do something. I would definitely do something gimmick match. I would. My thoughts are like a like a death match or like a barbed wire match. So but I don't know. If, I don't know if Christian's down for that at all. So I want to go like a crazy off the wall route here, and I want to do like what do they call those matches? Like they did with Sting and Darby, where it was like a filmed like in the warehouse. Oh, a, cin- a cinematic. A cinematic match. match. There we go. I want like a cinematic match in like, it's going to sound stupid, but just think about it. Like in a jungle where there's a ring in the middle of like some woods and make this cinematic where like jungle boys, like being jungle boy. And somehow <laughs> I know it sounds ridiculous, but it could, it could be funny as hell could be entertaining, but that's, I want to see something crazy. Uh, are you aware that Jungle Boy tried to fucking murder him tonight? Yeah, he tried to run him over. They might they yeah, might have so, a jailhouse match after this. <laughs> so why would they do something funny, like go out into the woods and have him act like a Jungle Boy? I wasn't putting any thought behind it. I was just having my brain go like, what would be crazy? <laughs> you know what? I think Big T hit where I was trying to find yeah. myself. Uh, parking parking lot. lot brawl. That's That's it right there. That's what they need. Do with the circle That's of cars right. with the headlights. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so parking lot, the first parking lot brawl AEW ever did, in my opinion, one of the best matches in AEW history. Fight me. I don't care. Uh, where it was best friends versus Santana and Ortiz. Um, that was a dope ass match. And if we could get something like that again, I would absolutely be down for that. Yeah, that was cool. A lumberjack match with the dinosaurs as lumberjacks. <laughs> That's something WWE would do. Yeah, that is, uh, yeah, like the zombies lumberjacks thing. Oh, God. Mm. All right. So next up was a Daniel Garcia, oh, excuse me, Daniel Garcia promo with uh, Tony Schiavone. And Daniel Garcia calls himself the Dragon Slayer for defeating Brian Danielson last week. And... I can't believe I didn't think of that. That was such a good nickname to give himself. And I believe he has challenged uh, Brian Danielson to another match. Is that correct? Uh, we're definitely going that way. He basically, you know, he said that this was the biggest win in AEW history. Uh, he's like, I beat Brian Danielson. I yeah. submitted Brian Danielson. And he's right. That's a very, very big deal. Again, evolution, elevation. Um He's like, basically, I got your number, Brian. And when you're ready to, when you're, when your head's all healed up, come back, you know, and we can, we can go again or something like that. 
Um, but he's basically like, I have your number. So, yeah, this is probably not the last we see of these two guys. Um, exciting. Uh, taking something out of Seth Rollins' playbook, the Beast Slayer for Brock Lesnar. Okay, okay. But, you know, it makes sense, though. Dragon Slayer, like, yeah, it makes sense. All right. Next up was a video package for uh, Pac, you know, um, showing his touring around the world, defending the All-Atlantic Championship. And I believe this is the first time that we have mentioned Kip Sabian in a long, long time on television. They made it a point to show that Kip Sabian has been following Pac around uh, and Pac's not too happy with him. Um, I am wondering if that was actually Kip, you know, in all these different places, but it's very good the way that they're doing it. Um, We got to meet Kip twice with his uh, box on his head. Uh, I took a picture with him once. The second time I just kind of gave him the knucks. I don't know why I didn't ask for a picture, but it just didn't even occur to me. I was like, what's up, bro? But, you know, that was it. But uh, uh, I'm really happy with this. I I'm very very glad to see Kip come back. Yeah, this is this is probably where they're going to bring him back. He recently uh, had a new roster picture updated. Um, and I'm a big Kip guy. I like Kip a lot, so I'm very excited to see him come back. Um, and against Pac, it should be good. I I didn't get to catch the the title defense from from Pac on dark yesterday i didn't get to i missed that i missed dark i i, I almost caught up today but i didn't get a chance to yeah i missed dark as well it. i'm probably gonna catch that tomorrow yeah um but yeah it was it was cool um and yeah let's get let's get kip back man i miss oh, kip. absolutely i hope we get to see him one more time with the box still in philly here um because yeah i want to get another picture with him <laughs> I regret actually last time not getting one. But uh all right, next up was all ego Ethan Page cutting a promo in the ring and holy shit was just this was just another all-timer for Ethan Page. His promos are absolute fire, especially when he has something that we actually agree with, you know what I mean? So two ways to look at this. Right. Um, we talked about it a little bit last week. I didn't like this promo, not because of the of the delivery, but kind of the content. Um, again, I feel like at this point it's becoming kind of a very cheap heel thing to do to just hate on the promotion, because they try to they try to play chess with wrestling fans, mental chess, and it's like, okay, well, AW hardcore fans, people that are gonna cheer me even if I'm a heel. They don't like WWE. Most of them don't. So, we've the you know, sports entertainers gimmick. Or, like, I'm disgruntled with AEW, like MJF's doing right now. So, to see uh, Ethan Page kind of go and do that, uh, you know, for me, it's like, all right, well, you're not the first guy to do this, and but hopefully you're the last, uh, at least for the time being. And this isn't, like, that I'm defensive of AEW. I mean, it's, it, it's all, you know, it's fine. But it's just, for me, it's kind of like, well, this is kind of already being done in a few other different ways right now. So, I mean, again, it, it the pres- I don't have a problem with the delivery of it or the presentation of it. And clearly, it's something that Ethan Page feels. You know what I mean? Like, AW, like, they let these guys do their promos. And this is something that he probably really does feel. Which is, you know, fair and understandable. Um, yeah. Stokely Hathaway comes out. He's like, what are you doing? Um, and he whispers something in his ear and gives him a card. Now, I'm just going to say this 
And this could completely make up for it. I don't know if this is where they're going with it. I'm hoping that this could be a faction with MJF. If it's a work, which where, it probably is. Where, where would MJF so, fit in with Stokely? Uh, MJF, I believe, has wanted to work with Stokely, or at least they worked together on before Stokely went to WWE, so there is some okay. history there. My so, idea, my theory, is that Stokely is currently establishing guys that are unhappy with what they're, where they're at. Oh. Because MJF's going to come back. Because, like, you look at Lee Moriarty, who got a card from Stokely. Lee Moriarty was was having, like, marquee matches against Dante Martin. You know what I mean? And, like, Matt Seidel. And so he turns heel, and he wants more than what he has. Goes with Stokely. Ethan Page thinks he's getting a raw deal. Wants more than what he has. Now, for me, Stokely, like, I feel like the re like the fact that Stokely leaned in and whispered something, it's it's to imply that a secret it was just told. Like, like like I don't see why Stokely would whisper something unless it was to really need to be a secret. You know what I mean? Like Stokely should have been just been like, I can get you the opportunities you yeah. deserve or something like that. Like there was no need to to whisper. And like you can just see Ethan Page's face when he when he does this. Like it's kind of look of like, oh, I need to sign up for this. Yeah, I'm in. And he goes and he rolls out of the ring and he walks up right next to Stokely. Yeah. Um, and again, this is absolutely some fantasy booking going on right now. Um, I just think that, again, like we've talked about the MJF thing. I think it's absolutely, I think it's a work at this point. I think it's a shoot that turned into a work. Um, I think they smoothed it over. Um, and I do think we see MJF and AEW again. That's Could actually a really, really good point there. Um, but to tell you the truth, like how you said this almost felt like he was kind of shitting on the company. I felt more like he was just asking the question at first of like, why am I not getting the opportunity? Cause he yelled, why, why, why? And then yeah. when Stokely came, the first thing that popped into my head was because you were with dipshit, Dan Lambert. Now Stokely, who's the real deal is going to get you those opportunities. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of the way that I took it is he was with, he was with dipshit before now he's going to be with someone who's going to get him those, you know? Possibly. And again, maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe I'm just going off a off a ledge here. I don't know. Um, but I I just think that it makes a lot of sense. I mean, eventually you're going to have to do something with MJF. I do think he's coming back. Um, and I do think he's staying with AEW. That's just my personal yeah, opinion. I don't think that's a Ring of Honor move there. Um, no. I think e Ethan Page is definitely a main roster talent. Yeah. Um, yeah. But again, could I be wrong? And there was just him whispering was just his way of saying like, hey, I can get you the opportunities. No, that's Maybe. a good point. Because why didn't he just say that on the mic? Like, I can get you all the opportunities you want. Come join me. Like, that would have been very easy for him to just say that on the mic. Right. That's a really good yeah. point that he whispered something, you know. I would, yeah, I would implore you and everyone to go back, watch the segment again and kind of look at it with what I'm thinking in mind. I think if you look at it that way. It makes a lot of sense. The fact that yeah. Stokely is going around passing cards out. Stokely and MJF have worked with each other in the past from what my understanding is. And that they've enjoyed working with each other. So, um, I believe it was pre-AEW Stokely managed uh, MJF, I think. Okay. Not 100% on that. Someone could fact check. Jeff, if you could fact check that for I, me. I would um, love that though, Ethan Page with MJF and Stokely. Oof, I'd love it. Yeah, and Lee Moriarty and that's like that, that, that group. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I mean, honestly, you could tie Jade into it too. If Jade loses the title, she could also go that way. Yeah. If she loses it, like in a, some sort of shenanigans too, she could be like, Oh, this place is bullshit. Yeah. Could you imagine that faction? MJF, Jade, Ethan Page. My God. And it, and then you have Lee Moriarty to kind of round out the group for like technical wrestling. In, it would in set the, the microphone on fire, dude. Mm. Yeah, that would be really cool. Again, am I fancy booking a little bit here? Yeah, I mean, but again, I I implore you to go back and watch the promo and and tell me that something isn't up there. You know, what I mean, like everything we talk about this all the time. Everything AEW does and says, they do it for a reason. Yeah. They don't just say something or do something for no reason. The fact that Stokely reaches in and he whispers something into his ear, you can just see the look on Ethan Page's face as Stokely leaves the ring. And Stokely stands there waiting for him because he knows he's gonna this is too good of an offer. Like, you know, he 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 whispers something, gives him the card, Ethan's just like, Let's do it. And he gets out of the ring and they just they walk away together. So I'm yeah. I'm just saying, keep it in mind, you know. Just let it play but out. Again, yeah, I, I guess it was a good segment. You know, it, yeah, I guess it, the way you're painting it is it's more of a why am I not the center of it? So, but I, I think that that actually also, again, fuels into the AW or the MJF thing. So, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. All right. Next up was Cool Hand Angelo Parker and Daddy Magic with Anna J doing a promo with Tony Schiavone. This was the best thing Anna Jay has ever done. Um, I absolutely love this new Anna Jay character where she just wants to choke everyone out. She's like, I'll choke you out. I'll choke the cameraman out. And then she just points off screen and she's like, I'll choke you out. And then the next thing you know, she's running off screen. They, they swing over and she's got some random poor guy in a chokehold. She's choking the life out of this guy this was my favorite thing i have ever seen from anna j i loved this and i am almost positive that daddy magic and uh angelo wrote this for her because it was great and it actually sounded like them um they had to have been coaching her or something for this because it, it was just it was so good so good jeff let me ask you something do you um do you want to know what makes daddy magic's nipples hard Oof. what's that Chris Jericho wins the world championship this yep. week. Becomes the Love two time. Line. Two time. He's like, you want to know what makes Daddy Magic's nipples hard? <laughs> Let me tell you. Um, that was awesome. And then, yeah, I really do like this Anna Jay's like crazy character. <laughs> Shout out to Jr. As Anna Jay is choking out the the poor staffer. <laughs> Jr. says, <laughs> "Poor guy. What a way to go." <laughs> <laughs> Who said it? Jr. Yeah. What a way to go. Yeah, she looked great, too. Her new gear is fantastic. Um, you know, I was upset to see her leave the Dark Order, but I am not upset at all anymore. It's doing very, very well for her. Um, I think it's exactly what she needed as a as a character to give her a little boost, and mm-hmm. it's, work- <clears throat> it's working very well. Vibe check for Dark Order, by the way. They were not on Dynamite tonight. Nope. No Dark Order to be found. I'm just letting you know, Jeff, that if, like, come all out if we're sitting here the week after all out that that's it for me the dark order's done they're yeah. done that's it it's fine they it were on elevation though they they may just wind up as a trios like the house of black and just exist that way for ever <laughs> yeah but but the thing is the house of black is a bunch of 
very legitimate contenders who you can believe can do things. Yeah. You know, you need a job squad. That's all I can say. <laughs> all right. Next up was the dumpster match, which, okay, this could be comparable to the ladies match for match of the night. I'll give them both equal, you know, these two matches were absolutely fantastic, but man, was this good. This was absolutely incredible. Uh, what did you think? I know you're a massive fan of the acclaimed. I love this. I love it so much. This was, uh, yeah, this is my match of the night. Uh, this was a, the acclaimed have arrived kind of match and to kind of steal their, their thunder a little bit is what they like to say. Um, they came out and they started kicking the the ass boy's ass and I was like, oh damn, no rap. And then of course they're baby faces now. So Max is like, start hit my music. Starts rapping and drops what is probably my favorite line in the history of the acclaimed. Max Castro says, No filter. I ain't Instagram. We make the ass boys retire like Vince McMahon. And I'm like, that's it. Pack it up. I stood up Let's and clapped it. in my living room. It was amazing. It was absolutely incredible. Uh, it was a great rap. Other than that, he, he takes a shot at Joe Biden for getting COVID again, um, amongst other things. It was, it was a it was a great great rap. Um, and then again, this is another match where I didn't really write a lot of notes down. I mean, there was some really great back and forth going on early in the match uh, at ringside. It, the match didn't really take place in the ring, which it shouldn't. It's a dumpster match. Um, Big T saying the acclaim should go for the tag titles at all out win, lose or draw. It's time. I completely agree with you. Uh, I know that for Jeff, um, he judges books by their cover. So I don't know if he, you know, what likes the acclaim like that. I mean, I'm a hundred percent in on them being tag champs. I just don't think it's time yet. Like they haven't been involved in the picture at all. We would have to create some stories to go there, but I'm all in for them being champs. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if they win it all out, but I mean, they definitely, it's like I said, I think by the end of the year, they should absolutely be tag team champions. I don't think that there's really any argument you can make at, otherwise, but so anyway, so at least be that. having a feud with whoever's tag champ, you know? Yeah. Well, again, I don't think they're going to win it right now. I mean, again, I don't think, I don't think all outs super realistic, but at some point very soon, they should be yeah. at least get a shot. They should get some more shots at it at least. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Put them in the picture at oh, least. Yeah. So again, there's some good back and forth here. Uh, good no DQ outside of the ring fighting going down. Uh, eventually, we work our way up the ramp. And boy, it gets really good here. So they set up a table and they put Anthony Bowens on the table. And Austin's like, I'm going to go up and do a mic drop, just like Max Caster. Climbs up. Bowens starts fighting off of it. And Austin's just like, what do I do? I'm up here on top of the tunnel. And uh, he turns around and Max is there. Max throws him off the tunnel into the dumpster. Uh, Bowens is fighting Colton. Bowens puts Colton on the table. Max Caster hits what is, it definitely has to be the broken table of the week. Oh yeah. Um, puts puts him through the table. Does the mic drop off the tunnel, which was super awesome to see. They throw Colton in the dumpster, close the dumpster, tie it with zip ties, and they win the match. Uh, and you know, some would say, okay, well that's enough but not the acclaimed and not me. So they, uh, they go and they push the dumpster off of the stage, uh, homage to the last dumpster match, which was, uh, the new age outlaws and, uh, cactus Jack and Terry funk. Um, 
the New Age Outlaws did the exact same thing. So I thought that this was a really, really awesome match. It was my match of the night. It wasn't the best wrestling match, but I mean, I had the most fun with this out of anything tonight. You know, this and the this and the uh, the elite segment are my two things that I just really fucking love tonight. I also, you know, along with everything else, was was excellent though. But really enjoyed this match. Uh, I'm I'm just I'm happy that I get to see my guys doing well in this company. You know, again, like we talked earlier about how like in WWE I felt disenfranchised, and like here it's like I feel like wow, I pick all these guys, and like, this guy's my favorite, and the next thing I know, they're like, getting pushed regularly, and I'm like, you know what, this, this, again, this just, it works for me, it fits, I, it, it, I fit in here, and I love it, I just love it every week, you know, I think Orange Cassidy and Adam Cole are world championship caliber, I think, you know, you know, all that stuff, it's great. How you feeling, Jeff? I'm, I'm laughing my ass off over here, I just found a picture of the trench coat that the best friends were wearing, if you look at the screen, you should see it right about now. Yeah, with the setup I have in here, I can't actually see it. So oh, okay, no worries. It's a drawing remember, of it. Somebody already care. drew a fantastic... Uh, it looks like it's in the style of the Venture Brothers from uh, Adult Swim back in the day, if you've ever seen that show. But yeah, I've seen a little bit. It's great. <laughs> it's great. All right, so uh, yeah, that's definitely going to be our broken table of the week. Uh, Max Caster hit that thing like a champ. Um, had to hurt, because... He went straight through the table real quick and went straight to the floor off that top of the tu uh, the tunnel there. Um, he's going to be sore tomorrow, but that was an excellent, excellent spot. Great way to finish off the match. Um, man, when they pushed that dumpster off the, the stage, I really thought I saw one of them kind of fall out of the dumpster, but then get like pushed back into the dumpster when it hit upside down. So I really hope everybody's okay inside the dumpster there. I haven't seen anything on Twitter saying otherwise, but that was a crazy spot with that dumpster flipping upside down like that. Yeah, part of me wonders if they have um, ways to kind of not soften it, but kind of ways to like make it a little bit safer. Maybe they have something where they can hold on to in there. Yeah, the inside was definitely padded for, you know. Yeah, they had a lot of uh like foam and stuff in there it looked like, but Yeah, if coach doesn't show up, we're still going to we'll show it at the end of the pod here that way we can tell him, you know, where he can see the surprise actually, at. I don't know. I would actually argue I mean, I guess he's going to watch it post, right? I don't know. Yeah, he's going to watch it. Do we want to do it if he's not here? No, nah, yeah, we're going to show it. All right, that's fine. I I I kind of wanted to get coach's live reaction, but I'm sure coach will text us in like 3 hours while I'm sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. All right. Well, coach, stick around to the end. Don't skip forward. Okay. Just keep yeah. going. Just let it be. You'll you'll see it. It's gonna be great. All right. And then it was time for our main event: Wheeler Yuta versus Chris Jericho for the rights to face John Moxley for the AEW Interim World Championship. So Jericho yeah. comes out, he's got some of his JAS with him, and then Claudio's music hits, so Claudio comes out to kind of even the odds. This was pretty nice, huh? Yeah, thought it was, thought it was cool. Again, we, we just JAS versus Blackpool Combat Club, the, the rivalry's still going strong. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So it was almost immediately the JAS tried getting involved, even with Claudio out there, so Ref Aubrey kicks the JAS out, Um, you know, Taz on commentary was like, how is this fair? Claudio should be kicked out too. And I'm like, Claudio didn't do anything. Taz, what are you talking about, man? But, you know, of course, he's playing up the heel a little bit up there. 
Um, I thought this match was great. I loved Aubrey in this match. Um, I love Aubrey. Ref Aubrey does a great job in these main events a lot of times. just She doesn't get enough credit. You know, we usually talk about the wrestlers. Aubrey did an awesome job tonight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she killed it. Um, yeah. I thought this was a, a really cool match. It was it was a lot of fun. Um, and I just felt like it was another week where there was a lot of focus on young guys. Um, and that's really special. Again, it's just taking these guys like Wheeler Yuta and making them feel important. Like there was a sign in the crowd that I really just resonated with. And it was very simple. And it said during the main event, it was up. It said Wheeler Yuta can beat Chris Jericho. Wait, what did it say? It said Wheeler Yuta can beat Chris Jericho. Yeah. It's all it said. And it was super simple. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, he can. He can beat Chris Jericho. Oh, yeah, he and can. Like, if this was like WWE, and again, I understand there's a regime change going on. Until there is change on a on a consistent and large magnitude, I'm going to still refer to it as just WWE. <laughs> In WWE, Chris Jericho would beat Wheeler Yuta nine times out a hundred times out of a hundred. A hundred percent of the time, yeah. Chris Jericho is going over in that match. Well, if not like a bullshit DQ finish. Like, and here, like, yes, Chris Jericho beat Wheeler Yuta. But, like, I don't know, man. I just, I totally believe that Wheeler Yuta could win this match. And I think that's a real, a real strength of AEW and its booking and its roster. You know, we, we were arguing on the Discord today about, like, how many, about the cover of the game and how there's only six people and you could easily load it up with, like, 20 people. And it's just, like, man, it's such a strong roster where there's so many guys who you just can believe can do anything. Yeah. Um, and that's really fucking magical. And obviously with WWE changing, some of these guys are going to test the waters and leave AEW. But like, so maybe like it won't feel like this forever. But at the same time, I mean like, man, it's just, I mean, they've booked all these guys to make me feel this way. So maybe they'll just continue to do it. No matter if people leave or not. And just, again, like this was a really cool match. Where, like, Wheeler, you lost, but it was a great loss for him to have. I mean, Jericho had to cheat to win. Yep. Um, you know, he put him in the regal stretch. Like, again, like, this was a really good, close match that could have went either way. And really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I love it. Um, Wheeler Yuta impresses me every time I see him. He just puts on excellent matches. Can't wait till that guy's world champion one day. That's going to be fantastic so something real funny it's not related to the podcast at all but as as we've discussed because i can't see jeff on my screen i i need eye contact and now that i'm in here i can't even look at him on the tv so i'm i'm currently staring at a at a star fox poster because fox <laughs> mcleod's on the front of it and he's just got like his eyes and i keep i don't know why but i just need eye contact so i keep looking at fox while i'm talking to you that's funny is that from nintendo 64 yeah, so I can kind of... It was like the first game that ever came out. Oh, such so good. Look at that. Hopefully oh, the light cool is poster. again. Yeah. It's, I love that poster so much. It is It is fantastic. What's up, Scott Hall? Oh, shit, Scott What's Hall. up, Scott? Rest in peace, my brother. Thanks for joining us from the other side. 
Um, yeah, this was a great match. Um, like you said, Jericho had to cheat to win. Um, basically, Jericho grabbed his bat, forced the ref to take the bat from his hands and throw it out of the ring. And while the ref was throwing it out of the ring, he kicked Wheeler Yuta right in the nuts. He gets up, puts him in the lion, uh, the lion tamer and makes Wheeler Yuta tap out, which I don't know if you noticed it, but there were a few times in this match where uh, Wheeler got put into a submission and had to grab the ropes or, you know, tapped out. Uh He's the pure champion, you know, so it's kind of like, wait a minute, he's grabbing the ropes and stuff like that. Like, I know he's not supposed to do that in your, or I yeah. know it's not part of the rules in these matches, but it's just something that goes through my mind while I'm watching him now, you know? Yeah. Well, again, I mean, yeah, that's just, it's not a pure rules. Uh, he's in heaven. In heaven. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Juan, my cat is not here. Tiger's not here at the moment, so I can't just can't make eye contact with him he's not here uh but yeah um that yeah, was a great match and i don't think he has to be confined to the pure rules when he's not defending the pure title um but yeah i see i see your point no yeah I, I didn't think he should follow those rules it's just something that pops in my head like when i see him grab the ropes i'm like oh man you're the pure champion you shouldn't have to do that like you know mm-hmm. but it was great um I actually think the dumpster match should have been the main event in this uh, episode of Dynamite. I really think it uh, it kind of the finish and everything on that would have. I felt like that would have ended the show better, but you know it's Jericho. He 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 wants to be main event. It's fine. Um, but kind of wish that dumpster match would have been the main event. That was really good. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. Actually, should have been the main event. All right. Man, we had a really good uh, pod tonight. Lots of discussion there with uh, some of my bad takes, huh? All, all the bad takes. Yeah. All the bad takes. All right, so what do we have uh, lined up for this Friday on Rampage? All right, so while I'm pulling it up, I actually wanted to share a really interesting news story that I read today. Um, very, very small. Uh, could be nothing. Not confirmed to be true. But the rumor has it that MJF was spotted working uh doing a filming something with the guys from impractical jokers hey now impractical jokers obviously jericho was just on it and they uh they're a show with the network with discovery warner um which keep an eye out by the way for some big news coming down the pipeline apparently hbo max is about to get gutted um for a new streaming service where they're going to put the two together because of the merger. Mm-hmm. So we could get tomorrow's the earnings call. We might get something tomorrow. Wow. Not definite, but there's a possibility. So, you know, keep an eye out. You never know. Um, but anyways, yeah. So MJF was spotted, no confirmed, just reported via Fightful. So please keep that in mind. Anyways. All right. So, uh, this Friday, Rampage is live. For those who uh, who hadn't heard, it's live at 10 p.m. Eastern, uh, 7 o'clock for the coach. And we're going to get an interim World Championship Eliminator match. John Moxley versus Mance Warner. Uh, Mance Warner, I believe, is from GCW. Fun fact, Mance Warner uh, won a Bunkhouse Battle Royal at the Ric Flair's last match show. Which is why he's in this match, apparently. I, I didn't watch that pay-per-view. So I didn't know that this, this Bunkhouse match had this stipulation. Um, But so, yeah, Mance Warner. He's going to be wrestling on Rampage. Apparently, he was at Elevation, too. So it's not going to be a one-off for him. Maybe he'll do more. 
Yeah, I was definitely interested when I saw that. They were almost promoting that Ric Flair's last match thing. Um, I think they were just kind of obligated to say it because they were using the footage from it, but it was nice. Yeah. Well, so real quick, while we're on the subject, something that I would just like like to point out to people, because I still think that this is a change that needs to happen in WWE, but it's worth noting. Uh, so a memo came out that WWE talent are still not allowed to appear on other shows, which is why... Uh, from what I understand, Charlotte was not at the was not on the show for Ric Flair's last match. Huh. Um, and I think that is an extremely archaic and fucking lame way to continue to do things. Um, with Vince being gone, I think that you know you can still view yourself as a top game in town, but like, like let your guys go and wrestle. You know what I mean? Like, it'll just make you more popular. It just helps WWE. Yeah, it, make, it helps both. I definitely would think that if they let Mustafa Ali go around and wrestle some indies, that would only be yeah. good for them. It really would. Like, yeah, keep him under contract, but let him go do some shit. How could that hurt anything? Yeah, I don't know. Again, like, and that was the thing. This memo came out on Monday, so like, this is a, this is not a like a new like it's not a new thing but also this is coming from the new regime like you know what i mean like vince is gone lauren ice is gone dunn's on his way out hopefully we'll see what happens with that um and for them to drop this memo memo it's like okay well still the fed yeah making a few creative decisions on screen but still seeming very fetish um yep big fed vibes there anyways back on track uh surprisingly on Rampage, we're going to see the in-ring debut of Madison Rain, um, which I thought she was going to be working just behind the scenes, but seems like she's going to do some in-ring wrestling too. Uh, good for her. Uh, I'm all for it, you know? Yeah, I got a little gif up that they just posted on AEW. Um, she's got some blonde hair now, says the debut of Madison Rain. They made a nice little gif for her and everything, so that's uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, Sean, I, I understand that argument where it's like they don't want to be liable in case something happens to Ric Flair. I understand that because I also worried about Rick's safety. But, I mean, it, it, it's it's not just about that show. It's about the memo in general. Um, like Jeff said, it's probably one of Jeff's only good takes this episode. I mean, you know, why not have Mustafa Ali go wrestle the Indies? Why not? Oh, if I was the WWE, I would have stayed as far away from Ric Flair's last match as I could have. Yeah, I would have gone nowhere near that. Yeah, again, my my (laughs) point is it isn't necessarily aimed at that show. It's just aimed in general. And I mean, also at the same time, like Charlotte probably wanted to be there for her dad. I'm sure she was backstage. But, you know, let Charlotte sit ringside. I mean, you let Undertaker, Mick Foley, and Bret Hart sit ringside. So what the fuck? Like, let your let your talent do do their thing. I don't see what the problem is. I do agree. She should have been able to sit ringside. Right. Uh, so anyway, so yeah, we're going to have Madison Rain make her in-ring debut. Um, and then we're going to have the AEW World Tag Team Championship in a Friday night street fight. Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland will defend their titles against Tony Nese and Josh Woods. Hey, I got the little gif up for that one as well. All right, and then that so that's a uh, rampage. We have Saturday night Battle of the Belts, which is going to tape probably before Rampage on Friday night. We have the Ring of Honor World Championship, Claudio Castagnoli defending his championship against Kanosuke Takeshita. 
Holy shit, that's going to be incredible. Oh, we get it's it's pretty good in general, but so we got uh, Thunder Rosa defending her women's championship against Jamie Hayter. Let's fucking go. I'm excited. Uh, and then we do also have TNT Championship Wardlow defending against Jay Lethal. Oh yeah, we can't forget that one. Hold on. There we go. Oh, you got all these gifs playing right now? I can't yeah. see it, so. Um we and then for next week for Dynamite, Quake on the lake. We Quake have by the lake. Is it by the lake? I think so. I'm looking at a GIF. They have it written as by the lake here. Oh, it is by the lake. The by the in the graphic is very small. Um, Quake by the lake. We have the coffin match. Brody King versus Darby Allen. We have a tornado tag. The Lucha Brothers versus Andrade El Idolo and Roosh. I don't see that one. Jade, Jade Cargill open challenge for the TBS championship. Okay. John Moxley versus Chris Jericho for the interim AEW World Championship. Dude, that's going to be a banging next uh week of wrestling here. Holy shit. Yeah, man, we are we are in for some uh some really good stuff coming up. Dude, Claudio versus Kanosuke. That is going to be insane. Yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a really good show. I can't wait for Claudio versus Kanosuke. Oh my god, that might be one of the. Whew, I could. There's a possibility of match of the year contender right there. Wow. I'm not gonna do it. Was that? No, 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 nothing, nothing, nothing. Don't worry. Oh, dude, they could tear the house down minimum. You know what I mean? Like they oh, yeah, they could be in the yeah, room, no, I don't right? have a problem with them in the match. It just I was yeah. I was gonna kind of continue to tear down your your bad takes, but I don't. I know. No, I'm not gonna do it here. It's all right. Well, I think uh, that's gonna do it for me tonight. We had a, a little bit of a long one here. Uh, some good discussions tonight. Some really cool stuff. Uh, we went over with everybody. So, uh, you know, yeah. even though the coach isn't here, we're going to give a quick uh, quick showing Whoa. because, you know, something needs I, to change here. What's that? Sorry, I'm changing because I want to see this. So I'm actually, like, changing my setup right now. Oh, yeah, you're good. Anyway, you're good. You can go ahead now. That's fine. So, you know, the, the high rollers, me and uh, Juan, you know, we've we've been on a little bit of a losing streak here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some something's got to change. So we got to come up with something. So. I spent a little bit extra, spent some funds, and uh, I got with the coach, and uh, we got a little bit of a facility underway here. Let me show you guys under construction. So over here in the coach's film room, uh, we will be doing some film studies over here in the uh, high roller section. We got to make sure uh, we're on top of our game here, fellas. Juan. Hold on. This is this is largely inaccurate, and I won't allow it. Uh, the coach's film room is in the King's Castle. You you are not allowed in the King's Castle, sir. I'm sorry, but the, the film room is part of the entire Broken Tables podcast, and we have our own sections, if you see here. You have your entire uh, King's Court section over there, where you guys are actually studying video, by the way. And over here in the high roller section, looks like we're playing freaking video games at the moment some old Nintendo games. So that's, what's got to change over here in the high rollers, you know, no more video games. We got to get on track. We got to get ourselves back on the winning side of things. 
So once this, uh, uh, yeah, once the construction's finished here, this will be a lot, lot better. But uh, for now, that's what we got at the moment. Yeah, I mean, again, I mean, the the coach is a member of the King's Court. You're not going to be able to walk into the coach's film room and use his film room. I'm sorry, Jeff. I mean, you're you guys are going to have to go get your own room. I mean, if 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 you're upset or you're jealous by the King's Court, you could just say so. So I don't know if you know this, but uh, Big T and the coach. They they've signed exclusive long term multi year deals with the King's Court, um. So you, you might, can't just go and poach poach my talent. Well, you might want to go uh, have a conversation with the coach there because he is essentially my mentor on YouTube over here. So uh, you might have so, a little uh, breach of contract going on there with the coach, man. So he can mentor you. That's but he can give you some advice. Like I'm I'm. I'm not like the Fed, you know, but at the same time, he can't just, you can't just use his film room. Like that's, that's the King's Court's film room that like he runs the film room in the King's Court. So it's, uh, you you just can't use it, kid. I say kid, but you're like three times my age. So I I financed the building and everything. I'll use whatever room I see fit. (laughs) Well, I'll have to talk to the coach about this because that's uh that is our that is our film room. So what is the film room? It's just something fun for us to throw up here every once in a while when I lose on my prediction shows and you know, eventually I'm gonna project myself into the room there. Um I'm gonna have a green screen set up and you know, you'll see me walking into the room and I'll be able to be standing in the room and talking, something like that. And I will do my best to see if we can somehow fit Rome to get in there and do that. Um, should be possible. It should actually be possible. So, you know, we'll get that done I one day. This is. Jeff, look, man, if if you want to join the King's Court, you could have just asked. Like, I mean, you're going to have to change your stance on Orange Cassidy. But like, if you really wanted to be in the King's Court, you could have asked. You don't have to, like... Oh well, I mean, I made the film room, so it's I'm gonna be in it all the time. Like, it's the coach's film room. It is. Who's a member of the King's Court? Okay, well, people people join and leave factions all the time, sir. You're not you're not stealing the film room because coach is your uh, your loyal follower. <laughs> to ask the coach about this, the coach that is, is, that is for to... me to go mope mope on mope in after I lose my predictions. <laughs> I suppose I, I'll talk to the coach about it. We'll, we'll, you guys we'll don't need a film out. room. You guys win everything. What do you mean? We got a, we got studying to do over here in the high rollers. That's because we have a state of the art facility in the King's Castle. One of them being the the film room. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, Jeff joining Juan King's Court's like Cody going to the WWE. Thanks, Juan. Yes, exactly. All right, so yeah, Jeff, if you want to join the King's Court, that's fine. Just to span the 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 high rollers and. And uh, yeah, you can. I'll let you. I'll let you in. I mean, I'm gonna still shit on your takes about Orange Cassidy, but I mean, we could probably we could use someone to like a custodian of the King's Court. I mean, the castle needs cleaning, so I mean, we could do that. We 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 will never join your King's Court. The High Rollers. Really, I mean, you're trying to rip off our facility, so I don't. I don't. I don't know. You tell me. I built the facility. I put your logo in there. I could take it down if you want. <laughs> Well, then it would just be a knockoff of the actual film room. Uh, uh, so, uh, what? I mean, 
<laughs> you're killing me. I'm saying you're killing me right a now. Knockoff, <laughs> it would be a ripoff, a knockoff of the actual film room in the King's Castle. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, All right. Well, that that's in. that's about as much as I can handle tonight. I say we go ahead and shut her down. You want to go ahead and give us a go ahead and close us out? Absolutely. Well, this has been episode 61 of the Broken Tables podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider giving us a like and subscribe or a follow, depending on where you find us. Thank you to everybody who checked us out live tonight. We really appreciate it. Hit that like button and subscribe if you already haven't. Uh, really appreciate with you guys uh, hanging out with us tonight. Uh, for everyone who's catching us post live, uh, appreciate you guys checking us out as well. Thank you to everybody on YouTube, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and Anchor. You can follow us on Twitter at Broken Table Show or on Facebook and Instagram at The Broken Tables Podcast. We go live on YouTube following every single AEW Dynamite, Rampage, and even pay-per-views. Be sure to hit up the merch table that Jeff has uh, done a really good job of taking some of my ideas and turning them into pretty damn cool merch. Um, check it out. It's definitely worth a, worth a look. Uh, we hope to see everybody again for Friday night for Rampage. Uh, until then, see you later. Absolutely. And uh, like Rome said, thank you all for joining us live tonight. We have a blast with you guys. Um, hit that subscribe button. Please hit that like button if you guys don't mind. And top guys out. <laughs>